I have some issues kind of after that. But either way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get things going then. Welcome back to your listeners to Dance Robot Dance. This is the 276th weekly episode of our podcast where we talk about all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe work point of view. I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this week's episode coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. With me, I've got Mark from St. Catherine. How's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, it's been, I don't know, busy week. I've got more like shit happening, like again, like more going out and doing stuff. We went to a bachelorette party thing for my cousin that's getting married in a couple of weeks last night. It was my first time being at Hess Village in Hamilton in fucking like probably 15 plus years. Yeah, exactly. Two decades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How's that? How'd that treat you? Uh, It was actually fun. We went to a, a newer place called Electric Diner which is like all like neon 80s themed kind of thing. Last time I was in Hamilton was with you for Christie's wedding. Oh, I yeah. Think. I may have been to a concert like after that, like downtown. Yeah. But I mean, you didn't actually do anything there besides. <laughs> no, you really, you go there, if there. You might have a beer across the street from the concert hall kind of thing. So six dollars cheaper than getting it at the show kind of thing. Well, I mean, like that's that's the story everywhere, right? Not just like Hamilton. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely. So I haven't been in Hamilton in a while. That's uh, good. Yep. It always sounded like they always sounded like they were having like COVID trouble the most in Hamilton out of everybody in Southern yeah. Ontario for some reason. I don't know I why. I think Peel has been Hamilton has has gotten hit cup, uh, hard a couple of times, but like Peel, like Peel Mississauga, the GTA, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, 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 it got hit pretty bad. But yeah, so let's get into this week's news. Not a whole lot of stuff happening, but we did get a couple of trailers. First one is for the Book of Boba Fett, which comes out like. Less than two months now. Uh, we got a trailer for that the the day after Halloween. Looks like fun. I mean, it looks like kind of what I was expecting, like sort of Boba Fett taking over for Jabba and like, you know, trying to change the way that he runs the criminal empire and shit. And I mean, yeah, I'm on board. I mean, it worked for me, I guess. Yeah. Like these Star Wars shows have worked for me so far. It's more like when we get into them that I get, I'll start actually dealing with it. But yeah. Yeah, it looks like fun that they're going to bring back a lot of the maybe some of the old like bounty hunter characters but definitely yeah. a lot of those bounty hunter like races that mm-hmm. we saw in like empire strikes back so that that'll be fun to build out that little weird corner of of the star wars universe a little more as long as they stay in that corner and i don't see any lightsabers i'm real happy <laughs> with these star wars shows so far you know what i mean yeah. little little <laughs> bits of lightsabers little bits here and there i don't mind you know what i mean little bits but like just wait till we get to obi-wan then it'll be wow that's the show I'm waiting for. Like, that's kind of yeah. like the big show for me is Obi-Wan. Like, I want to see how they handle that one. Cause that's like full, like we're doing like big characters, not just like side story shit at that point. Yeah. Right. Like, it's yeah. like, Oh fuck, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they got to go McGregor and like, woof. There's a lot riding on that show, it feels like. Yeah, so. I'd forgotten until I was like doing a little bit of reading for this uh, week's topic that uh, Kumal Nanjiani got cast in yeah. uh, in Obi-Wan too. So I'm looking forward he's, to that. Uh, he's, he's, that's funny because I've been following him. Right now. He started, when I first started following him, it was like pre-Silicon Valley. He was doing a podcast called The X-Files Files, where him and his wife did oh, recaps okay. of The X-Files. That's where I first discovered Kumail Nanjiani. And since like, so following him from like doing what we do now, basically, which is just bullshitting yeah. about an old sci-fi show <laughs> to him being like king shit, like super fucking ripped and like a Marvel superhero. Now I'm like, eh, that's kind of cool. Good for you. And like, you ever yeah. see, like, you never watched Silicon Valley? No, I still haven't. It's on my oh, list. Oh my I need to. It, is, it is one. I think that I would enjoy it, but it just sort of flew under my radar. The first four years is just like the funniest fucking shit. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I see. I know. No, I know guys in like the dev and like in that kind of world. So mm-hmm. like it it rung it rings pretty true, like to what I know about like the computer. You know, like what do you call yeah, it? No people like not not a lot of like people on the like programming kind of side. Yeah. Most of the people I know are more like the IT side, but you get enough of it. Yeah, well, just this, that and... startup culture kind of thing. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was more from like spending a lot of time in like around the banks in Waterloo, like in Kitchener Waterloo. Mm-hmm. All that startup culture is there because of Google and stuff. But yeah, Silicon Knights or Silicon Valley. Silicon Knights is a game company. Silicon Valley. Uh, that's kind of where like he, yeah, first like he started really getting like comedy push. We'll talk about Kamal a lot later, obviously. But yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, what a saving grace. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> what a saving grace that man was. The other yes. trailer that we got yeah. was for Morbius. Oh Holy yeah! Shit, I that forgot movie about looks that like one. A goddamn train wreck. Agreed. I have no idea about any of this Sony Spider-Man shit anymore. I'm so no. nervous about Spider-Man now. Like I'm so yeah, nervous. About no way home. About no way home. Yeah. Because I don't know what the fuck they're doing, and I hate whenever Sony starts doing this shit. Oh man, it never goes well. You know, like it just never goes well. I'm hoping Foggy's got them under control because yeah. this movie looks like a shit show. Like yeah and there's like people dissecting it and basically like have figured out that there are references in this one trailer to all three spider-men like there's obviously references to tom holland spider-man there's references to the andrew garfield spider-man there's references to fucking toby mcguire so what the fuck are you doing yeah don't know do not know do not know so (sighs) yeah i'm real up in the air uh about all this stuff right now so I actually had an interesting conversation to have about like what's the best comic book movie this year may have come out of your camp. You know what I mean? Suicide the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that might have been yeah. like I, I could argue like I like Shang Chi a lot, but like did I like yeah. it more than the Suicide Squad? Yeah, like, that I mean, was fucking Black fun. Widow. Like I definitely like Suicide was good, the Suicide like, Squad more than Black yeah. Widow. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But at the end, of, like we're at yeah. the end now, right? We don't get another Marvel thing till I mean we get Hawkeye. But we that's know it. No, no way home. No way home. Well, yeah, I guess we do get no way home. Yeah. So maybe no way home is its saving grace. But like from what I'm seeing, it looks like a clusterfuck the size of Morbius. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Either way, like I mean, we were never on board for Morbius. This is all this all this yeah. stuff we've been they're bitching dump, about these dumping movies. it in late January. Oh like. God, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's in the hard death slot in January. <laughs> like I don't know why they like, and I don't know. I don't Speaking know. of other shit that I don't know what the fuck marvel is thinking these days black panther 2 basically shut down their filming entirely because leticia wright who plays shuri apparently hurt herself a couple of months ago yeah i think that's real fucking suspicious because that's right around the time the shit started coming out about her fucking being an anti-vaxxer and shit so my feeling is that they are like yeah we're not going to shoot anything with you until you either get vaccinated or until covid is safe enough like until like case numbers are low enough that we can like yeah have you on set safely kind of thing. Oh yeah, look at that! I saw the story about them shutting it down, but they shut down till twenty twenty two, so they've killed it for the whole through, year. Yeah, through the yeah. end of the year at this point. So for the next two months, basically, Ryan Coogler has gotten to the point where like he can't film anything out with uh, anything else without Letitia Wright. <sighs> well, I'm telling you, that movie's cursed. I fucking said it like a couple yeah. weeks ago. The movie's fucking cursed, man. 
it might be time to shut it down get the marvels into that slot or something like that yeah like, just 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 fucking like three larson but like i'd rather watch that movie than this piece of shit at this point mm-hmm. this is gonna be a mess if this keeps up like this too and then you're gonna have like a lead that like are people gonna want to go see her doing exactly the like nobody's shit? Like, yeah exactly nobody's gonna like be able to focus on this movie knowing that like Letitia Wright was out there like fucking spouting any vac shit on the set. Yeah. And like especially like yeah, like we have no choice, you know. <laughs> like mm. uh I don't know. It's just a mess. <sighs> that movie. I hope this is not like the the MCU fucking scattering like clattering off the fucking side of the road on me. Yeah. But it is starting to feel like the the wheels are coming off a little bit every once in a while. Yeah. So. We we shall see. Yeah. There was some some interesting news coming out of Image Comics uh, in terms of oh. sort of labor laws and stuff like that, because their workers are basically forming a union, which I don't think any there are other no. as far as I know, there aren't any other like unions amongst uh, comic oh, no. book artists or writers or anything like mm, that, which no. I mean, yeah, so so they had formed a union. And now this is the office employees, by the way, like this is not the creative staffers. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is like basically the image, the people who work for image comics proper, like the company that actually publishes and prints the comics. Yeah. Image like the creative teams that make the comics are all creator like owned stuff. Right. So they're it's contracted to image, but they're not employees. Mm -hmm. So it's like a different structure. Yeah. But either way. Yeah. So yeah, so they've they've nine it's nine people, nine like, you know, staffers, like people yeah. that are employed full-time kind of thing by yeah. Image that have made this uh, comic book workers united union. And uh yeah, the executives are not just not going to acknowledge it. They're just going to pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah, I saw that they'd engaged like third-party arbitration for it or something <laughs> like that today and I was like uh, and I've noticed, I've also noticed that Eric Larson and Todd McFarlane have been really fucking quiet on Twitter this week, uh, which oh, is yeah. unusual for those two guys. They're usually uh, <laughs> like very, very mouthy, like vocal on uh, Twitter. And they've been very silent along with Kirkman, actually. How much do they still have to do with image? Oh, like they are the full owners of it. Oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Like all those guys still own, like especially Larson. Larson never left, right? Like he did Savage yeah. Dragon. He's just done Savage right, Dragon. Right, right. Right. And then like McFarlane is there's been a spawn book in publication since spawn started. Like they're at like issue almost 400 or some shit of that book by now, I think. And then, um, yeah, like Robert Kirkman bought in as one of the, like he bought stock. Like he's a when, yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. When, but I think it was when walking dead blew up or something like that. Yeah. Well, he's one of the, he's, he's got as much holding power, like say as any of the founding members do apparently like they bought him in Mm -hmm. at that level kind of thing, because like walking dead was basically just printing image their entire like it was paying for everything that they did for (laughs) like it still is probably you know what i mean like exactly i mean they're they're doing like those reprints of the yeah of the uh, original series and there's like multiple other sort of series walking dead series and stuff going right now yeah between that and invincible right now kirkman's got them by the short and curlies in terms of like like their numbers right like that's probably their two biggest books yeah like arguably is the walking dead stuff whatever but either way like yeah those guys have been super quiet this is all bullshit everybody should be unionized like your labor rights are important fight yeah. for them because fuck a duck they ain't looking out for you you know what i mean and like i'm in full support of everybody in the comic book industry getting unionized because it means if i ever work in the industry i'll be unionized too and have somebody yeah. else dealing with all this fucking negotiating horse shit I'm in full support of them unionizing, and I hope that that all kind of works out for them. But yeah, who knows at this point? 
The last thing that I had was another sort of upcoming Taika Waititi project, which is he's going to adapt a graphic novel uh, by Jodorowsky into uh, called the Incal from the like seventies or eighties. Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. And uh, which was drawn by Mobius, the like really famous French artist. So he is going to adapt that into, I think a movie. Sounds like a movie. I think it's a movie, yeah. Apparently, what's his name? The writer's a, a giant douchebag, but uh, I mean, Mobius is like an iconic. Jodorowsky? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's like super problematic fuckwad, but. Yeah, he's a pretty uh, eccentric dude. He was yeah. he was one of the dudes that, uh, if you've never watched it, there's a really interesting documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune that's all about oh, uh, right. this guy, Jodorowsky's yeah. like, attempt to adapt Dune, and he yeah. had like some really cool ideas who knows if he ever if he had gotten to make it if he actually would have been able to like realize them but uh, yeah this is in the 70s too right like this is like 73 or something like that they're trying to yeah mid 70s or something yeah so like you know only only within like 10 years of the of the book uh coming out kind of thing yeah yeah and then like lynch did it and like (laughs) then we got that early 80s fucking disaster with david lynch yeah yeah anyways but yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, I, I'm down for like sort of big fucking sci-fi epic kind of things that uh, and I'm down for Taika and I'm down for like stuff that is not related to really any other you know properties that are coming out right now. So, yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, something fresh would be is always kind of nice to hear that somebody's mm-hmm. pulling something like that. And like Taika, I like that he's doing other stuff. He's not just sticking with like because he could have very easily just stuck with comedy. You know what I mean? I feel like. And it's weird to say, but I feel like him getting the chance to do that Marvel movie really like made him realize like I can do this big budget shit and I can make it work and still retain my sense of humor to it kind of thing. Because like he's still yeah. this season of what we do in Shadows, like he's still writing it and it's still just as funny as it ever was. So like, oh yeah, still, this has been great or was great. It's over now. It was great. Yeah, it's over now. Yeah. It's my geek cred this week because it was so fucking funny yeah. this year. Like <laughs> unbelievably good this year. Yeah. So like yeah, give me give me Taika doing weird sci-fi shit with Mobius designs. Like this like the way he shoots this is gonna be bonkers. He's a fucking stylist behind the camera on top of everything else. So mm-hmm. sign me up. Absolutely. That was everything I had, Mark. Did I miss anything? The only thing I saw that I thought was interesting is that uh there is another Marvel game coming out, and we seem to be in this like mm-hmm. interesting space where like there's Marvel games coming out that don't suck. Like the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy game was actually, I finished it this week and it's excellent. Highly recommend if you have the next gen hardware to play it on, don't play it on a four. Like don't play it on a PS4 or an Xbox One. Apparently it runs bad. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if you got a newer deck or a graphic or like a computer that can run it, fucking go for it because it's really good. Your PS5 will play it quite nicely, just so you know. Good to know. And it's a nice like 10, 15 hour kind of like romp. So, like but uh, either way, so what's happened is Skydance. At media or i don't know who they are skydance exact i always thought skydance was skybound sorry is skybound is, is kirkman yeah. yeah so i don't know what skydance skybound is it's just some other there. some other new media division or something like that is working with amy hennig who wrote uncharted like the original uncharted game to do the next marvel AAA original adventure and i don't know who it's going to star or whatever is happening there but it's just nice to hear they've hired one of the best writers in the industry to work on that marvel property to bring it to I'm assuming next gen, like current gen consoles and PC, because that's where everything comes out at this point. Yeah. It sounds the rumors going around, which I, I don't believe because it would be just, I mean, it'd be too good for me, uh, is daredevil, but 
That's just because whenever they get like a good writer in, they always give her the good character to write. Like the character that you can do the most mileage out of with a writer is usually Daredevil at Marvel. So go. There you go. I'll take it. Skydance was behind that uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners game, which I think. Oh, that was a VR game. Oh, okay. Uh, and Are there just like a they, financing thing or something? I've heard the name before, like in gaming circles, but like... Well, they're, they're also... They're, they produce a bunch of movies and TV, so they... That uh, foundation... Um, oh, they do foundation? Apple Plus right that now. Must be, that must be why they, Alter, they're ringing a Alter bell Carbon. right now. Carbon. Okay. What else? Like a so they're a production company movies. then? Yeah, like uh, okay. a number of the G.I. Joe movies... Uh, Terminator, Dark Fate, Annihilation was okay. them. Yeah, cool. Bunch of stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Is the why I, I, I mean, that, it explains why I recognize the name because yeah, they're on Star Trek and stuff. So there, there you go. That's cool. Um, if they're partnering up with Marvel, it means there's a lot of money behind them. Then so game is going to be triple A. It sounds like so. Oh, and a couple of the latter uh, Terminator movies too. Yikes. Well, you can't fucking win them all, you know. <laughs> with with like anything after T two, you can't fucking win anything apparently, unless it's a no. TV show. No, yeah, that TV show was good. I didn't like hate Salvation. Like, I just thought it was it ended poorly. Like, if they yeah. ended it differently and like set up a trilogy, I would have been more interested in that world. But mm-hmm. they just ended like shit. <laughs> so, yeah. and then, like every Terminator movie since then, it's just like basically been a reboot and ended like shit. So, whatever. Yeah. All right, well, then we can move on to our Geek of the Week, which is the segment of our podcast where we each discuss the nerdiest thing we did in the last week or so. Mark, what's your Geek of the Week? Go play fucking Guardians of the Galaxy and go play Death Loop. I bought so I, I bought both of them a couple weeks ago, and I played both through both of them now, and fuck, they're both great little fun romps. I, I, it doesn't take too long to get through. Death Loop is particularly interesting. You would enjoy that as a like as an adventure like puzzler kind of thing like figuring yeah. out the ideal way to work your way through the loop and get everybody that you need to get inside that yeah, loop that's what i've heard is, yeah, is a lot of fucking there. fun so i mean i don't know i i grab these games and play them constantly <laughs> so i guess that's it's just a hobby right like it's my thing the thing i do to not be drawing all the time yeah but death loop has been death loop is really good and i was so fucking happy with guardians i couldn't believe how good guardians ended up being as a game and also it's just like maybe the best art directed game i've seen this year like from beginning to end the game looks fucking amazing so death loop and guardians have both been pulling a lot of time my time the last little while or this week anyway uh i got through guardians and death loop i should be done this weekend and then i want to go through i want to go through metroid dread again but i have a steam pile that is starting to get concerning again i should probably start (laughs) peeling some of this backlog off a little bit yeah, Guardians game has like a meta score of like 81. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it's fucking solid. Like I was just I'm so impressed with it. Uh and like it's it's graphically just fucking stunning. I couldn't believe how good it looked. But as I was getting through like cuz usually the first couple levels are like, "Oh yeah, this looks really good." And then it kind of tapers off by the end, but like no, consistently just like a dynamically good-looking game. Just very nice. It's always nice to see these comic books, you know, a visually leaning medium really leaning into the visuals of things so it's kind of nice to see but yeah no it really like leans into like the sci-fi wonkiness of like what you can do with guardians even if you're not using the mcu's kind of like style or whatever like there's still enough there to fiddle with and make a cool looking game but yeah yeah and then death loop just some of the fucking kills you get to do are just bonkers so go for it <laughs> yeah i've been hearing good things about death loop too 
Yeah, it's been coming down in price, so I, I highly recommend it if you can pick it up. So apparently it runs really good on PS5. I, re- I played it on PC, like full disclosure. So yeah, there's that. What about you, Tim? My Geek of the Week, I, I forget to do it some years, but this year I remembered to watch V for Vendetta on November 5th. I drew V, but I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> Uh, I, I still think it holds up as one of like DC's best movies that they've ever done. Hugo Weaving, Natalie Portman, Stephen Fry, John Hurt are all great in it. And like the scene at the end with the 1812 overture while Parliament just fucking blows to hell to this day is like one of the most cathartic movie moments ever for me. I just Fair. love yeah. it works super well. Fireworks and everything. And you've got all the people going up in the Guy Fox masks and the costumes and everything like taking their country back and everything. And so that that shot is right up there for me with like that last shot of Fight Club where all the credit bureaus and banks are being blown to hell. Yeah, yeah. The Pixies. Yeah, oh, Pixies. yeah, with the Pixies plan. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, 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 it's been a few years since I've remembered to watch it on November 5th. And then like people would be like posting after like, you know, later that day or when it was too late for me to do it or whatever. And being like, yeah. hey, remember, remember the 5th of November. Like, I actually did this year. I did not. I haven't seen that movie in ages. I should watch it at some point. Again, it's been a long time because it kept popping up. Yeah, like it popped up that day, and I was like, "Oh, well, the last time I saw that movie was yeah, it's, uh, written by the Wachowskis and like sort of. Sh- I I feel like sort of shadow directed by the Wachowskis. Yeah, because it was basically like their AD that um, yeah. actually got the director credit, but like you can feel Wachowski all over it, kind of thing. Well, I mean, after you spent, he was their AD on. Uh, on the Matrix movies. On the Matrix on the movies, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, he probably had their fucking style, like, dialed yeah. in pretty good, too. Especially if you're doing AD for somebody, you probably have to get their shooting style in. But, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I've heard similarly, like, they were pretty involved in, like, easing that project through uh, when it came out. And, like, obviously, they're the ones who probably, like, walked Eagle Weaving into the fucking role and stuff like that, right? Oh, and yeah, just for sure. With them like crazy. He, he killed that fucking role. Oh, yeah, he was really good in that, too. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that's uh, that was that's a, uh, an early strong Natalie Portman performance. Like in the mm-hmm. middle of those one of her best performances, I think. Well, it's like especially in that era where she was sleepwalking through the fucking prequels and stuff like that. Like that was <laughs> a, a rough era for Natalie Portman. This was like, career. yeah, I think this was like her comeback after the after the Star Wars prequels. Right? I think it was like her the, one of the first movies she did after that. Yeah, because it was like mm-hmm. that, like the next year Black Swan came out or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, right? Like they were really close oh, together. Black, is Black Black Swan that old? I, I think it is. Though. I think it's like a, is that about 2007 or something like that? Uh, could be 2010. So okay. Like five years after. Okay. Yeah. Close enough, though. Like that's yeah. kind of her you know, getting yeah. out from under fucking George Lucas and like doing some other shit yeah. after uh, a decade or Just almost a decade of really being, you know, trying to distance herself from. Oh. Yeah. Until she went right back to the Disney teat, and you know, <laughs> now she's Thor. Technically, actually, she actually is Thor yeah. now. So there yeah. you go. Hopefully, she will not sleepwalk her way through that one. <laughs> I, but, I mean, if you get the lead and you get to actually be fucking the guy with the hammer or the lady with the hammer, I guess in this instance, would you? I would hope she'd be more engaged, but we'll see. Yeah, that's soon, right? That movie's gotta just yeah, give me that movie here at some point. Yeah, give me that one. That one looks. I just want that. All right, so with that, we can get on to our meat of the episode: alien robot meat that looks like humans for some reason. Oh, Cylons. Yeah, we had we did this already. Yeah. Uh we've been we will do this again also. <laughs> we've been Interestingly, here we'll be here did again. you know? It is. It, it actually is because did you know that the Inhumans origin ties into the Celestials also? It's oh, not just the Eternals. Me. 
Oh, yeah. Dead. We're going to bring the Inhumans back again. We're doing it again, Tim. That's that's what all this Eternals thing is. It's just the long game to get the Inhumans back in. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yep. So yep. we watched Eternals, uh, the newest MCU entry directed by Chloe Zhao, starring everybody. Just too many fucking people. Everybody <laughs> in fucking Hollywood's in this movie at some point or another. Like, even if they're not in Just this movie, they're in half, a movie in the, the movie. Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if the cast isn't there, their name's being used somewhere. So, yeah, like, exactly. Uh, starring, was, is it Gemma or Gemma? I'm going to say Gemma. Gemma. Jan, Gemma. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harrington, who was Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, Kumail Nanjiani, thank fucking God, yeah. Ian McHugh, Brian Ty- Tyree Henry, who people know from Atlanta, yep. Lauren Ridloff, who people probably uh, might know from Walking Dead, Barry Keoghan, who was in Dunkirk and a couple other things. Uh, Donnelly, oh, that's where he's Trina from. Busan. I was trying to figure out where I, I recognized that particular face from. And yeah. I was like, it is Dunkirk. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes, this is kind of a, like sort of standalone entry in the uh, MCU pantheon. It tries to be. but and, Yeah, except it really relies on like constantly referring to the other superheroes <laughs> that are not on screen. Like yeah. it does it a lot. And then it also it refers really to a bunch did. of superheroes that can't even possibly be on screen. Oh, God. I'll talk about that. So, Mark, before we get to all of that, tell me the really fucking overstuffed plot of Eternals. I can't. I was too high when I watched the movie. I don't remember it. <laughs> Either way, we'll do, the, we'll do the plot. Let's do the plot. Let's Want do to plot. do the plot? Sure. There's a lot of plot. So let's Woo! do the plot. <laughs> First of all, it starts with a fucking scroll of text, which is always the... You know, this, the mark of a fucking excellent movie. I mean, it worked for Blade Runner, but like, it doesn't work for many other films. Let's just put it that way. Some Star Wars movies. <laughs> it, I mean, let's not get into that conversation right now, Tim. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be here for another two hours. Like, we're going to be here long enough as it is. Anyway, the last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Wait, nope. That's not the thing we're nope. reading. Something that says that uh, the Celestials... We're seeding the universe with life and using planets as incubators for their young. And Earth is one of those. So it's the eternal move, honestly, like it is kind of a dick move. But, you know, what are you going to do? It also kind of it also means Thanos was right. Just so we're all clear. <laughs> <laughs> it, it fucks up the whole Thanos thing pretty badly because he basically it's stopped true. all these celestials from hatching. by well, delayed significantly. Well, yes. I mean, at that point, you know. Yeah, Thanos is right, guys. Thanos, <laughs> Thanos is right. <laughs> anyway, so they're seeding planets as incubators for their young, and Earth is one of those. So the Eternals Wait, are sitting there. Fucking planets? Is that is that what I'm I, hearing here? Is yeah. that Celestials are sticking their dicks in the planets hey. and using them as the eggs? Planets are are celestial eggs. Why do you think Galactus eats the planets? <laughs> he likes eggs. He's on a high protein diet. He's he's keto. He's glad this is keto. Way off the rails already. <laughs> I'm always a kite, man. So like, if you want me to go off the rails, I can go off the fucking rails. <laughs> They're sent from Planet Olympia to combat the variants. Wait, nope, sorry, not that's not the right word. Deviants. It's, yeah, those are real close, right? Those are. Uh, I have some trouble with the terminology. It's a little confusing. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, it's a different Marvel thing. It's an ex- equally 
actually probably a little bit better Marvel thing. I'm thinking about that Loki show is dope <laughs> yeah. as fuck. So there you go. These are deviants. Either way, they fight them a lot for thousands of years, apparently thinking they got the last one of them around 1500 BC, at which point they split up and wait for their mission to be declared over, etc. So the Eternals, we start the movie with the Eternals are sh- fighting in like ancient Egypt or Sumeria or something. And they give... Is that Babylon? No, I don't know. No, Babylon's later because they build Babylon, right? Like they give them Babylon. They give the humans Babylon. That's later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're not supposed to interfere except that they build entire fucking cities for the humans. And apparently create the nuclear bomb. Anyway. (laughs) Create a bunch of technology. Don't interfere. (laughs) Somebody failed their prime directive class in Starfleet training. Absolutely. All of these people failed their fucking prime directive class. So as we go through this fight, we're kind of like, we were introduced to the team and like, we, we talked about the cast at the beginning, but we actually have to talk about the fucking cast now. And that like, they play roles in this movie that have names that we need to continue to refer to because otherwise we're going to get really confused. Because I'm going to get really confused regardless. So There's just way too many new characters. There's just a hundred new characters in this. It's This is not the ideal way to do this, I don't think. I think they should have introduced some of these characters mm-hmm. elsewhere beforehand. 100%. But Gemma Chan, who is stunning and so boring, is Cersei. <laughs> And she basically has the... She's basically Adam Eve in terms of powers. Like, she can manipulate matter. Firestorm, yeah. Firestorm's a good pull, also. I like went Adam Eve, because, you know, more topical, also, with Invincible <laughs> being a hit show, and Firestorm having never been heard of by anybody except for you and I. So, Adam Eve. on the CW. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. They use it, like, twice until the special effect got too expensive, and they had yeah, to fucking exactly. kibosh it. like, oh, no, you can't do that <laughs> yeah, You can't do that well, anymore. It's, it's a fucking, like, it's, it's one of those uh, power sets that basically, like, breaks any story that he's in right because it's like way too powerful it's like having dr strange on the avengers like well, yeah. uh, what are we doing guys like what's the point of anybody else being here if we have dr strange <laughs> yeah like he could do anything just by thinking about it it's kind of like why zatanna's never on the justice league for very long you know what i mean because yeah. eventually she can just kind of magic her way through everything yeah. there you go kind of like having a superman on a team and then expecting the rest of the team to be useful Wait, we'll talk about that also <laughs> as we go along here. So yeah, we we're introduced like we go we they quickly introduce everybody in this battle scene. So we meet Cersei, and that's Gemma Chan. The next one is it's Icarus, who's Richard Madden. Icarus is the Superman of the group, not the oh, leader, yeah. but the Superman of the group in terms of power set. He's a flying brick, and he's got eye beams. Yep, eye lasers. He's bored, also basically, and boring. Also, yeah, these two leads. <sighs> I didn't. I I was okay with Cersei, but yeah, uh, Richard. Madden She's was, really was, only good when they're not doing superhero stuff. Like it's yeah, just her and, her and Kit Harrington together were pretty good. But yeah, her with the yeah, Eternals they were, was pretty. Yeah, as soon as they started dealing with like the Eternal stuff, yeah. she's like she's gone the highlight the glowing core of this fucking movie kumal nanjiani is kingo who projects energy from his hands <laughs> it's basically pulse phaser havoc really in terms of what he does he just shoots yeah. energy leah McHugh is sprite and she has loki's illusion powers yep none of his other powers just the illusion just powers, that one though. yeah Brian Tyree Henry is Fastos, and he is basically the new Iron Man for the Eternals. He builds all their technology. He's the gadget guy, the tech guy. He's Forge, basically, mm-hmm. if you're an X-Men person. Batman or Iron Man yeah, in kind of super Batman. teams. Yeah. Batman and Iron Man kind of in the super team place. But yeah, Forge mostly. Lauren Ridloff is Makari. She is just like Flash. 100% speedster. She's the Flash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baron Keoghan is Druig. He's essentially the Purple Man, or I guess... Martian Manhunter. Charles Xavier. 
just yeah. the mind control stuff. He doesn't do any of the flying cool shit that Martian Manhunter can. He just no, has yeah. the mind control. He just stuff. has the mind control. So it kind of rang more Purple Man Charles Xavier yeah, to yeah. me, except he's not, you know, obviously in a wheelchair and like that. But you know, eventually, I'm sure they'll do that because then he would be the, the contrast between his girlfriend that runs and him who can't even stand. I'm sure they'll do that somehow. They'll get, they'll get there. Yeah. Don Lee plays Gilgamesh. He is also he's a Hulk. Fuck. Yeah, he's the Hulk, but he's also like probably one of the strongest people in the movie, aside from. Oh, really? Kamal. Yeah, I thought, him and Angelina were like the best part of this fucking movie. Angelina, yes, I was not. He was pretty fucking wooden. For See, me. I he was better than everybody else in terms of like their <laughs> interactions. Either way. We are also introduced, obviously, to Angelina Jolie as Thena, who is essentially Wonder Woman with uh, oh, yeah. energy she weapons. Was on, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, actually, which is funny, because there was a point where she was rumored to be up for Wonder Woman pre-Superman Returns. They were talking about doing a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, and she was, like, always the number one she pick. Done and, that. Oh, my God. I would have fucking killed for 2000 and, like, like just around Laura Croft. Really too, yeah, like, mid-2000s. Angelina uh, yeah, Angelina Jolie doing Wonder Woman. <sighs> Yes, please. I mean, she could still fucking, like, based yeah. on this movie, she could still fucking pull it off. I would have I had taken her or Selma Hayek in that outfit also, just so we're clear. Wait, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Basically, yeah, so that's, like, the that's the Eternals. We've met the Eternals. They're fighting these things. They Obviously, they win. And at, when they win, uh, this is about 1500, I want to say 1500 BC. They say they split up. Uh, yeah. 1500 AD, I think. It's after 1500 Christ. AD, yeah. It's, like, 500 yeah. years before modern before day present kind of day. thing. Yeah. yeah. They break in, up in uh, that in like with Te- Teotihuacan, like in sort of Mexico area, Central America. Yeah, Central America, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I was like, doing, like controls a bunch of people and fucks off into the wilderness with them. Ah, good point. That's what was going on there. Good. I was just I started having flashbacks to like Suicide Squad. I was like, wait, are they going to start killing people as they walk into a camp? Because that would be dope if they did that again. It was very, it was very similar camp, <laughs> and there. <laughs> A lot of those people did get massacred again. So <laughs> it was much more fun in Suicide Squad. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Anyway, present day London. As fuck. Yeah, it was dope as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we catch up with Cersei and Sprite. Cersei is a teacher who looks absolutely amazing in that skirt, along with Jon Snow, who is Jon Snow. And they are romantically involved. His name is Mr. It's uh, shit. Dean Whitman. Whitman. Dean Whitman, which Dane. sounds Dane. Yeah. I said Dane, did I not? Dane Whitman. Yeah, you're right. Dean. Dane Whitman. Dean, you said Win- Dean Winchester. Not- <laughs> I, I did want to say Dean Winchester, actually. but Actually, I would have preferred him in this role, probably. But either way, Dean Whitman. Yeah, like, or Dean like Whitman so I don't, just don't care. I just, you know, I'm indifferent. What are you going to do? Dean Whitman does have a, a dark, dark secret that we're going to find out about at the end of this movie, though. Yeah, his he name is-, is a spoiler, if you know anything about Marvel. Which, I, I mean, I didn't fucking know, because, like... Fucking Black Knight is like a C-list character at best. <laughs> C's so generous. He's, yeah. like, he's like a wildest character. Like, Not yes. quite enough to be Z-list, but like, <laughs> you know, like where you're just like in the dark, completely in the yeah. dark. Why? You know what I mean? Not at the bottom, just slightly above the bottom, like the worst place <laughs> to be. He's going to be the Black Knight eventually, but you know, we'll get there. We'll talk about it later because like they introduced an even cooler character then yeah. it doesn't matter about the Black Knight anymore. Either way, they flirt and they're actually really cute together. Uh, I kind of like these. Yeah. These little sequences are fine. Holy shit, though, is everyone in this movie fucking good looking? Like everybody they cast in this oh, movie yeah. is just like so fucking hot, like just so hot. An earthquake happens. They're in class and an earthquake happens and it happens around the world, which we will find out in a couple minutes. And Cersei uses her power to save some kids 
Obviously, she can change matter into other matter. So she kind of Scarlet Witch or Adam Eve's a falling rock from fucking like, tablet or something. Yeah, or something, from crushing some kid, which would have been real grim for this movie. But yeah. all right, destroys a priceless artifact to save some fucking useless child. Like I mean, die. That's that's dark. But yeah, <laughs> she's a robot. You never know. They go logic sometimes, right? It's true. Either way, so earthquake happens and she saves a kid from getting squashed. And like, I guess like they kind of check on each other and they chat about what's happening. But like that night they go out for Kit's birthday party. It's uh, Dane Whitman's birthday. Yeah. And so they're all out. And I think this is the first time they start talking about the Avengers, but it may not be. It, they, are they not conversing in the yeah. club? The Avengers? I yeah, I can't remember who, but there's definitely an Avengers reference in that little in that discussion. I understand that you would like the world would be preoccupied with the Avengers, but it's yeah. like it's almost too much in this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get it, but these people all feel like the the Eternals clearly are like Avengers fan people kind of thing, like fanboys and fangirls kind of thing. <laughs> oh, look, they're superheroes too, and they did it right. Like, they're not just hiding; they're actually out there yeah, doing exactly. it right. Oh, that's cool. The I Avengers are awesome. Do that. <laughs> I was an Avenger. Like, yeah, we everybody wishes they were a fucking Avenger until you are an Avenger. Go talk to Peter Parker. He ain't happy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. great. Either fucking way. Black Widow. Yeah. Well, you can't because she's fucking dead, Tim. Like, it's <laughs> difficult now. Right. And it's part of the timeline. Really, the only fucking Avenger they can really go talk to is Peter Parker. It's either him or Dr. Strange. They're the only two left on Earth. Captain Bruce, America. You can talk to Banner. Banner Hulk. That's right. Banner's around, I guess. That's true. And I guess, like, I guess by this point, I mean, there's a new cap. We have a new cap, right? This is true. Yeah. There's a cap again. So that's cool. We have a cap. It's all matters. It's always a cap. Me an iron person. And Thor needs to come back to Earth. But that's we're getting, we get we're getting iron heart. We are, that's true, which is dope. Dope. Also, that iron armor wars happens next year too, right? So we, Rhodey will be back. Yeah, that series, yeah. Rhodey will be back in the armor soon too, so there's always that. We first we check in on Sprite, who has made herself with her Loki powers appear as though she is a 20-something. So that she can hit on dudes because she's basically Claudia from Interview the Vampire and is trapped in yeah. a child's body with an adult mind. No, she's thousands of years old. Yep. Even though like the actress kind of looks like, you know, like when you see like the random, like basically Tom Holland, who's like kind of still yeah. looks like he's 15. That's kind of what this girl really looks like person. I don't know. I'm not going to even, I don't want to gender not like pronoun them at this point, but it's kind of like it doesn't, she doesn't look. No, they, I think to sprite is female yeah so either way that was a little weird so she goes back to kit and cersei uh, yeah i think this is where they're having an avengers conversation but oh yeah she they take off at one point and like she gives him a ring for his birthday that has his family seal on it which is our first hint that he might have a past that may come into play his family has a past he has this is where marvel things are starting to happen (laughs) everybody's connected (laughs) because nobody cannot be somebody no well i mean fair enough and also like if you i don't know i just (laughs) i like i can tell i'm very preoccupied with the avengers conversation when i was writing my notes because i'm like i get that they're preoccupied and like, because these people, I guess it makes sense. They're regular people on Earth that have no idea who's protecting them. And it's so different from the comic book Marvel Universe, where there's always an Avengers and a Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Or like, they're all omnipresent. New York is patrolled yeah. by an army of Spider-Men and a Daredevil. You know what I mean? Like, there's Whereas tons here, of heroes like, around. only assemble when, like, real bad shit's going down kind of thing. That's the only time that you know that, like, fucking... That- yeah. 
we haven't quite got to the point where there's like a, a team of Avengers that are always on duty kind of thing. Which <laughs> one is, on the West Coast and one yeah. on the East Coast and shit. And, yeah, yeah, like that kind of stuff has It's like, yeah, Justice League, there's no watchtower yet. You know what I mean? It's just everybody's yeah. kind of bombing around or whatever. But yeah, it's weird. And But like, it seems like the people of the Marvel Universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like on the ground, are very preoccupied with the Avengers in this movie. Yeah. Is basically what I'm trying to get at. Because I wrote it in my fucking notes 400 times. <laughs> Anyway, the fucking Black Knight is on my screen, and the boy from Game of Thrones, everyone wanted to fuck, is playing him. Uh, what kind of world do we live in? You know, just magic, magic world where for some reason Kit Harrington is playing Black Knight in a Marvel He's movie. Playing this random fucking nobody Marvel character. Oh my God, 2021, you know? Who would have thought? <laughs> He's going to bring Blade into the universe too. So anyway, they're walking home when they're attacked by a deviant, of course, because obviously the deviants aren't. A sexual all gone. deviant. He's flashing them. Well, I mean, oh, it's, wait. No, it's, it's actual deviant. Well, no, it's London. So we do have to specify. Yeah. <laughs> to our, you know what? I know I have English listeners now because some of my poster friends are English people. That one's for you guys. You're all perverts. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Sprite and Cersei are attacked by uh, one of the deviants who's not a sexual deviant. He's coming. He'll be there shortly. He's just murdered their boss. Racing? Wait, either way. Um, they do their best with the Deviant, but they are the B-list mem- members of the team with their defensive yeah. powers, and they can't do much because Superman's got to show up to punch the thing in the fucking face and kill it. So pretty quickly. And then Dane's like, I think there might be something strange about my girlfriend. Notice that his girlfriend is basically an Avenger, <laughs> but hasn't told him yet. Either way, they don't really get a chance to talk about it too much because all of a sudden a another person comes up with actual superpowers punches this thing in the face and then laser beams it so like yeah because for some reason he's real close by when this happens is he stalking her shh stalking her anyway so this is game of Thrones, dude number two i can't believe they didn't just fucking high five and start talking about the red wedding but like when this happened you know what i mean like i was expecting them to start talking about how awesome it was the lannisters died the way they did <laughs> <laughs> or some shit. Uh, either way, he shows up and Superman's the shit out of that deviant. Uh, that eventually it runs back into the Thames, and they decide that they should go find Ajax because the deviants are back. And Ajax uh, the boss. Yeah, Ajax the boss. Ajax has some Hayek. Her ability is to heal her. Well, heal people. Well, so that, that's the thing, right? So the the her abilities that she can heal herself and others, and they notice that this deviant has the ability to heal itself. Now. Heal itself, yeah. So Which like, maybe we should go check on Ajax, who also could do that. Somebody already knows about, but we will get there eventually. Somewhere around here, Avengers conversation number two happens, where the Thanos conversation from the trailer happens. Like Kit yeah. and Spooky have that conversation. The, the Thanos line is spoken in the movie. So that that's Avengers conversation number two we're having already. Mm-hmm. We're, I want to say we're only like 20 minutes in this movie, but I feel like we're more like 45. But then Probably, again. Probably, yes. It's fucking glacially paced. The pacing in the first, all of this movie is <laughs> first two thirds at least is not great. Uh, <laughs> even the even the conclusion kind of like feels real sh- like stutter step, like it kind of starts and yeah, then well. stops and starts and kind of again. It's weird. Uh, we'll get there later. Either way, there's also a point here where they we have a flashback to Icarus and Cersei's very long lived zero chemistry relationship. Where they were together yeah. for like thousands and thousands of years, and say love you to you. Yeah, it's unfortunate the first sex scene in the fucking MCU had no chemistry whatsoever. Especially if they're so good looking, you would like want to watch them smoosh. <laughs> but it's like, 
that feels really weird because I don't care at all about any of this. I feel like Gemma Chan was like giving and fucking other dude. I, he's not good in this at yeah, all. It just like, was not was not Richard Madden just was not like t- not laying anything down for her to yeah, pick up on. I don't know, man. It was it's yeah, it's pretty rough. Like <sighs> there's a reason nobody was super pissed when he got killed in Game of Thrones. Basically, like she and like it's weird because like a lot of the other relationships are a lot stronger in terms of like their chemistry. Like Fastest and his partner, there's more there when they get to that point. And like, mm-hmm. there's more to I can never remember the characters' names. Makari and uh, Drag Dragon Dr- or Druig, Druig, whatever. Oh, that name's terrible. Well, they're clearly trying to make these names like close enough to like the names of actual mythical, yes. you know, beings in like real world mythology that you could think like, oh, these people clearly just like you know, changed or sort of like misheard or perverted this name as over the years from the name of this demigod basically into like a figure in their uh, mythology kind of thing. So like it's Druid and Athena and Mokari is another one and all that. For some reason it's just that name. Like maybe it's just because that character does nothing in the movie, but like I can never remember that name. Like that character's name just does not stick with me at all. I'm like, no, or Druid. Druid. Makari yeah. sounds like a vampire from the Anne Rice books. So like I that <laughs> can remember. So Makari is is another do you, do you remember the uh Makari is a apocalyptian character. Uh so I think yeah. like from DC. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like one of the like one of Darkseid's like monster makers basically. Yeah, Simeon sense. and Mokari are the two of them. So, I mean, it's fuck, a name from mythology. Just, like it's a name from myth. Like it does yeah. come from somewhere. I just I don't Jack, know. Exactly Jack Kirby's just fucking reusing names across Marvel and DC at this point basically. Well, like this is kind of like him Eternals is a weird book because it's what he did when he so he leaves Marvel at some point because he gets pissed at Stan essentially and like not being treated well goes to DC creates the new gods they cancel that book and then he goes back to Marvel and that's when he creates the Eternals and that's when all this (laughs) celestial shit comes out so it's kind of like it's it's the the shit that he had planned for the new gods that he just like then was like I'm just gonna make this work for Marvel now and then like some people like you know like John Byrne and like guys in the 70s and 80s kind of kit bashed it into the me it wasn't intended to be part of this 616 either it was just supposed to be its own standalone, standalone universe. Yeah. But then, like, the guys who were writing, like, Fantastic Four and stuff were like, well, we could take some of that Jack Kirby shit and retcon it, yeah. it in, you know, because <laughs> why not? And, yeah, now it's, it's a kind of a mess because of that. You know what I mean? It's the same as Shang-Chi, though, right? Like, because he has that origin that includes, I want to say Fing Fang Foom, but that's not the character I'm thinking of. It's some or, or a yellow fucking panic character. Right, that they have to like retcon out and basically yeah. just give him Iron Fist origin. It's the same thing here. They just kind of like are taking some of the more problematic parts of that origin, or like the parts that are obviously like ripped right out of the DC comics and like kind of mm-hmm. keep bashing them together with some more Marvel-y stuff, I guess. But either way, the reason that we keep fucking like tangenting is because it's so hard to get through this plot. It's boring. It, the movie's boring. Like, I mean, not, not, fuck. It's not okay. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Anyway, they go to South Dakota to get Ajax, only to find that she's been killed by the lead deviant, who apparently is named Core or Crow or something like that. But they never say that, and Crow, is eventually yeah. 
voiced by Bill Skarsgård, who's just having quite the fucking year. from it. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he not just in Dune? Like, he's the voice. Was he on Harkonnen? No, that was uh, that. That's Alexander Skarsgård. That's or no, that's the senior Skars. That's Stellan. Bill Skars. Bill Skarsgård is was Pennywise in it. Are they all have to say the same person? Skarsgård. <laughs> okay. No, Stellan, Stellan Skarsgård is the father uh, um, who, who played who played the scientist in the in Thor the movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he was in Dune, and this yeah, is he Bill played Baron. Skarsgard. He played Baron Harkonnen in Dune. And this is Bill Skarsgård, which is one of his kids who played, who was the one that played Pennywise in it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, he's having quite so the fun couple weeks otherwise. The, the family tree of Star- Skarsgård's oh, There's other Skarsgårds too. There's Steven. There's, there's, I think there's the one that was in True Blood, which I think is Steven, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, somehow the lead deviant has absorbed Ajax's power. So her corpse gives Cersei the power orb that she needs to contact the, their celestial daddy, Erishem, or God. Sky daddy. There's sky, sky daddy. daddy. Yeah. And it's like, when they first do that effect, that effect just tells me, like, we're ready for Galactus. You know what I mean? Where they do, oh, yeah. like, everything fades away, and then it's just this tiny little human and this huge fucking monster. I was like, oh, yeah. we're ready for Galactus, kids. Like. We already did Galactus, and it was just perfect. It was perfectly fine, Mark. I don't know why you have a problem with that. This movie, just so that I could get confirmation that we were ready for Galactus <laughs> at the theatrical level. <laughs> just that's what this movie did. Also, Angelina Jolie's just Angelina Jolie. That's basically my takeaway from this movie. Either way, so her corpse has given Cersei the power. She needs to contact Arishem. She does contact him quickly, but it doesn't quite work out. Either way, the crew, our little crew, right now heads out to meet or re meet because. We're, you were doing the get the band back together yeah, portion of exactly. it. Yeah. Um, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we <laughs> go to India now to find Kingo, uh, who has oh made God. himself the biggest star in Bollywood. Also, did you notice that for as shredded as Kumal got, didn't take his shirt off in this movie? I was like, what yeah, a Yeah, I was surprised. He didn't really, yeah, he, I mean, he didn't fucker. Like, you couldn't like, like super tell that he was like super ripped because like his costume never really. His arms were like he's got yeah, the yeah. rope arms, but like, yeah. man, man, oh man, was he cut? Didn't see all that chest work and shoulder work and shit no, like that. He, he was did. when he was. I think the Men's Health or something like that. It showed up on the internet. And I was like, my god, is oh, yeah. he fucking ripped right now? Like, yeah. and they didn't even show it. I was like, that's disappointing. <laughs> uh, anyway, he just used that. He was like, well, I gotta get super ripped. So he's like, you gotta get me like a personal trainer and everything. He's just like. He did it so that he, like that one time in his life, he's just like, I'm superhero cut and I've got pictures exactly. of it to prove it. You know? <laughs> so he can get, get those pics for his Tinder profile, right? Like that's firm from now until eternity. He's been fucking married for like 10 years. I don't know. Like they seem to be quite happy together. So mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he just, did it. he just did it for his wife's spank bank then. I guess. I mean, that's, that's hey, a good husband right there. That's a good husband. You know what I mean? I think that's a husband. <laughs> that's the kind of guy you want to take home to mom. You know, the guy who will get, superhero cut so that you can put yeah, that in your spank bag for eternity. Mom will get wet for <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's <laughs> pretty fucking hot. Not going to lie. Like he's fucking shredded. So either way, him and his manager immediately just start making a documentary about what's going on. The Eternals reuniting. Karen is, is the, the best manager's fucking name. part of the movie. All of this shit. All of this shit with Kingo and Karen and like his, like his manager is named Karen. It's not like me talking about the meme or my, my mom <laughs> or, or whatever, mom. <laughs> whatever. Um, it's actually, well, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're the best part of this fucking movie by like just a country goddamn mile. Oh, so one hundred percent. But it's basically it's it's just Trevor Slattery again. 
You know what I mean? It's not as goofy, but it's just like they have that in- human character in here to kind of like give you some levity because there's no Tony Stark making you laugh basically in this Marvel movie, right? Like, yeah, we don't have Robert Downey Jr. for the yucks anymore. We got to figure out another way to get yucks. So here we go. <laughs> but either way, yeah, I like the, they immediately start like making a documentary and like how many cameras does he have? And it's it's fun. Like they they're a entertaining part of this film. At that point, they leave to go get Gilgamesh and Thena who are, I, I thought were quite good together. Um, Angelina Jolie yeah. fucking is just, she's so fucking great. Like she gets yeah. so much shit for just being a human when she's just a really awesome actress and should be more shit. Anyway, I've always been a big fan of hers and not just because of the hot, because she like really goes for it when she acts like so intense oh, and yeah. shit. E- uh, even if it's something, you know, like goofy, like comic this. book movie kind of thing. Yeah, she's she's like hundred percent on here, like yeah. on board for this. And I'm like, all right. And she kind of elevates him. I think maybe is what's happening for me. Cause I find yeah. they're the two of them together. I like yeah. just him on his own. I, was like, eh. I think that's what it is. And I think it's that like, like she, he's kind of her caregiver and like, and she's having kind of a amnesia slash like Alzheimer's PTSD going on plus PTSD. Yeah. And he's kind of her caregiver and that dynamic she really makes that dynamic work. Let's just put it that way. Angelina Jolie is a massively talented actor. So like she's pulling a lot of she the fun out that. Shit. that. Yeah, yeah. She's selling yeah. it real well. Either way, there's a point here where they're having dinner. See, and this is where the kids started talking because they're having dinner. And there's a, there's a joke about saliva beer that I kind of like, I was starting to miss it because the kids were talking. And this is also where like, he's talking about the Avengers again. Yeah, it's it's Gilgamesh. Gil- yeah. Gilgamesh uh, made a beer out of like his, he chews each of the corn kernels like individually or whatever. And then like they ferment in his spit. And then King goes like, it's really gross. gross. <laughs> but he likes it. He like, he, 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 yeah. eats, he eats it tastes good. So either way they are going to, I mean, I'm, I'm sad they killed Gilgamesh because that is a Thor joke waiting to happen that they're never going to get to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where he drinks the beer, likes it, and then kind of just keeps going with it. Even though everybody else is grossed out. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He's from Asgard. Just imagine the weird shit they've drank. As they're bombing around the nine realms or whatever. Love Thor. What are we doing? So either way, we're back to like Icarus thinks he could lead the Avengers. And I'm like, no, there's a super team across the street. You would be more qualified to lead. Not the Avengers, though. Usually a human uh, and somebody with some charisma leads the Avengers. So not you, you fucking hack. Anyway, is this where we get the Superman reference? This is this is the, Alfred re- the references in this section. Oh, the Alfred reference. Oh, right, because it's his ballet. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a Batman joke in here. Yeah. No, the Superman reference is when they when they meet up with Fastos. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Batman reference, because I knew about the Superman joke, because like it was pretty clear they were going to do that joke. But like the Batman joke made me out loud in the theater say, "What? Like what? It's so weird. It's It's in the comics. Like the DC comics exist in the MC in six one six. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all right. This is my my turn for a fucking rant because. So this movie confirms that Batman and Superman both exist as fictional characters in the MCU, which was semi-spoiled for me because it was fucking all over the place. And like, you could tell there was something going on from the headlines, but like, it just, it doesn't ring true. Cause like, how has nobody brought this up before in the MCU? How are we like 25 fucking movies in and nobody's mentioned like, Hey, that superhero is kind of like this one from the comic books kind of thing that we read. So like, it just, it seems like people would have been making those comparisons. Like, as soon as fucking like, I mean, as soon as Captain America came out, as soon as fucking like Iron Man came out, all of that shit. So it's just, it's real weird that they're pulling the trigger on this, this fucking late in the game. But yeah, that was where they do this. So there's a Batman joke there, which is weird. Yeah. 
Anyway, so Cersei finally gets some advice from Gilgamesh to relax and tries to communicate with Arashem again. This time it works and we get the actual mission of the Eternals. And it isn't just to defend Earth from the Deviants, but it's to protect Earth as it's the incubator for a new celestial. And isn't the first time they've done this. The Eternals are essentially the Green Lanterns to the Deviants Guardian Corps who went wrong and start killing the planet's native intelligent inhabitants. Well, uh, yeah, the deviants are like the Manhunters. Manhunters, that's the one I was thinking of. So the Guardians are yeah, the, the actual, the, like, the, guys. The, the Eternals are basically the uh, the Green Lanterns, yeah, the, the yeah. second pass at this. But even then... But it doesn't make any sense, because, like, why would you keep sending the deviants in if you've had to replace them once, and they're doing the wrong thing? Well, they lost control of them, right? So I guess the deviants are just loose upon the universe now? Like, that's what, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like it makes no, no fucking sense. Because like, every time they build a new planet, the deviants are just there. That yeah. isn't okay. Cool. How do they? Tra- they have a star fleet that travels them around these to these planets. Then also, yeah, these like, these mindless fucking beast creatures are like able to navigate the stars and yeah, yeah we're capable. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, so like that whole bit is happening. So we find out that it's not the first time that these characters have done this either. They've done it multiple times on multiple different planets, like helped celestials be born. And the big the big thing is that we find out that when the celestial is born, the planet is destroyed as a result. So again, I want to reiterate, Thanos was fucking right. (laughs) Big big shocker here: the omnipotent godlike beings are actually the bad guys. (gasps) Yep, shocker. Couldn't see that coming. I can't believe the fucking balls on Kevin Feige. To know that that Thanos did nothing wrong, subreddit has existed since fucking Infinity War. <laughs> give them even more fodder to continue to exist. You know what I mean? Because now it's just like another reason why like Thanos was right. He was totally right because he saved us from was going on though. Th- Thanos was <laughs> Thanos accidentally did something good for a shitty motivation. <laughs> I still fucking saved. You know, would have saved a lot of people. I'm just saying. Sorry, right, the Eternals did. Kind of. Anyway, so now they start trying to figure out if they can stop it or not. Nobody mentions an Infinity Gauntlet, which would probably you know make this a lot easier, but that's fair. Anyway, well, they don't know that. Does anybody <laughs> know that? Nobody knows any of this stuff. It's true. Well, the band's back together though, so not before Crow. So we're out. Ah, where where do we go? It goes like we get all this backstory, and there that we picked up Thena and Gilgamesh, and now we need to go get Druig. Yeah, in Central America. And as we recruit him and talk him out of controlling his people or whatever, and like the plan becomes like he's going to talk the talk the celestial into staying asleep, so that nobody on Earth uses mind die. control, yeah, to, to put it to sleep, basically. Xavier or Emma Frost or whatever his yeah. powers are. He's the, he's the psycho, oh, yeah, the tele, not telekinetic, telepath. Yeah. So they talk to him, and at this point, Druig, no, sorry, Crow attacks again. And yeah, kills the deviant, Gilgamesh. The deviant that for some reason can is becoming sentient and can fucking like absorb the powers. powers. Yeah. No explanation ever given, but yeah. Well, I mean, there is an explanation given. Well, no, there isn't actually an explanation given. You're right. No. See, I had to go. I peed during that scene also, which is a problem. <laughs> so, like, this movie you is just ruined. I didn't miss it. Nothing anything. was explained. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was. That's what I, well, my question actually was. Like, did they ever explain what happened there? And no. I was hoping they did. And then they, I guess they did. All right. Fair enough. That's disappointing. Um, we're not at that point yet, but anyway, I was going to ask when we got there. Oh my god, Crow kills Gilgamesh. So Crow kills Gilgamesh, which is really sad. It is. It's a sad moment. 
Because Athena, or Athena just like watches it happen basically because she's like paralyzed by her PTSD. Well, it's, it's like, it's weird because like think she's got a computer system that helps her fight or something like that, but it like it takes over and she just goes into like killing she mode or whatever. She doesn't have control of it or whatever. Yeah. yeah and it, it gets on the frequency or something like that. And yeah, she's afraid of losing control at this point because she will forget who she is if she. Did you say on the frickacy? Sure. I mean, did you mean on the fritz? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Your I, don't even, on the I don't even care anymore. My brain is on the fritz. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my brain's on the oh. <laughs> This was right, guys. That's all I'm trying to say. Thanos was right. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Crow is killed. Gilgamesh. Tina is very, very traumatized by this whole situation. We find out so than she already was. Yeah. And now, finally, we get to Fastos, uh, who we find out was responsible for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Fastos, who I had 100% forgotten about it by this point in the movie. Because we haven't seen him in like a solid fucking hour. As I was like, mentioned. oh yeah, that dude still exists. Yeah. yeah. So this is where we have a we have a nice scene here where we go meet Fastos and his gay partner. His little gay, like family. His partner, his little gay family. And his cute kid. His kid's fucking adorable and shit. I was like, I'm on board with this. Not forced. Felt pretty natural to me. I was okay. Yeah. No, that's great. Oh, fine. They had the best romantic chemistry out of anybody in this movie <laughs> him and his partner yeah yeah <laughs> just compared to everybody else so well that worked out a little bit better uh anyway i guess kit and Gemma weren't too too bad but like they don't really get to interact very much once the movie kind of gets going yeah exactly <laughs> like seriously just fucks off and then like just yeah him. just didn't him. see him for like like two hours worth of movie kind of thing yeah so Either way, now we've got the whole team back together, though. When Festus finally gets convinced to go along with them, um, and this is where the like all the stuff about like he's built like stuff to keep him him and his family safe, and he what's his name built breaks the table from the trailer. Yeah, like, Chris fucks up the trailer. Yeah, we get that yeah. moment. So that's what's in there. Of vibranium. Yeah, he smashes it. It's like Spring a key collection, which like dick, which is about the delivery was better in the movie than it is in the trailer. So <laughs> I kind of like that. And like kudos to Marvel for not like bowing to pressure and cutting all this stuff. There's a big story about this. Uh, that was, yeah, that was there's their big story. There's still countries that have banned this movie uh, because of I I don't know that it's specifically because of that depiction, but I'm sure it's in part. Yeah, they're Muslim countries. I'm going to eventually guess that it has a lot to do with that. So what are you yeah, gonna do? Good for Saudi Arabia. Finally, what, it's fine. I'm glad they didn't, you know, kowtow to it and left it in there. So mm-hmm. I'd rather they ban it in some in like four countries than. Mm-hmm. you know not have marvel be marvel basically anyway we've recruited fastos after some guilt about his family dying if he doesn't help because if he doesn't help the planet's gone so he's fucked so he figures out that the orb cersei uses to communicate with erishem will work to combine the remaining eternals into a unimind we are <laughs> at least they hang a lampshade on that though like, that's a terrible name you idiot yeah I, like <laughs> fuck it hey man Day six machina in the fucking third act. Here we go. Let's rock and roll. So that kind of like does like enhance is whoever's power. They kind of focus it on basically. And the plan at this point is for Tiamat to be under Druig's control at the core of the Unimon and keeping him asleep or putting him back to sleep. And then they all go back to the ship that brought them to earth where they find Makari who's just hanging out reading books. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, I'm not not here for this fucking human shit. I'm just gonna yeah. hang out here and wait until we're done and can go home. I, I mean, Makari was basically you or I, right? Like, if we had that speed power, we wouldn't yeah. be out like fucking saving people. Oh, yeah. We'd be like, I'm gonna watch every show ever 
on like super fast yeah. speed and like yep. read every comic and read every fucking book and shit like that. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's what she's been doing for five thousand five hundred years. Yeah. She totally does exactly what I would do if I had an infinite amount of time, which is just read <laughs> yeah. and watch everything. Um, at this point, Icarus betrays the team basically having revealed that he found out the deviants in Alaska before everything happened. This is where I peed. So I kind of get lost here. Um, he <laughs> takes, we flash back to him taking Ajax up to the deviant camp in Alaska where he gets her killed, I'm assuming, and she oh. her powers are absorbed. <laughs> and this is where the climate change erasure happens, where they're like, oh, no, oh. the climate hasn't been changing because of humans. It's changing because Tiamat is waking up. I was like, what? Really? That you, You're just going to fucking like negate fucking climate change in the MCU? Is that a line in this movie? Yeah. They said like that, that. Well, that's the reason why those other deviants woke up and why they hadn't encountered them until that point was because the the climate changing. And yeah, like Tiamat waking up was starting to warm the world and that like melted the ice so that those fucking deviants like were freed from like a glacier or some shit. I mean, it's just that bad episode of the X-Files where they do the thing. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't much. get to watch Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see. I was peeing, so I didn't see this part of the movie. And either way, sir, I mean, this is where we Sama, find out Icarus is all, is is the is the real bad guy. This is where we find out some Hayek's not going to be in this movie very much, which she really hasn't been so far. Which um, I'm and, fine with. Yeah, she was not great, sadly. Yeah. But he and the, yeah, so he gets her killed, and he takes her corpse back to South Dakota so that they could find it again when he goes to stalk Cersei. After yeah, after Crow absorbs her power, yeah, which is where he comes in. Like when they are fighting the, now I'm thinking, did he lead the fucking deviant to them then? Possibly. Because he's yeah. stalking her, right? Like that he went to go find her after he kill, gets, what's her name, killed, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, killed, yeah. So did Possibly. it follow him? And like, that's what led it, it to them? Could and then he be. has to go save them? And he just happened to be there because he was stalking her and saved them. Lucky. Lucky. He's, he's basically doing the creepy Superman shit from Superman Returns. It would be nice if just once they do he's a Superman the character Ruth. Yeah. where he's not a fucking cockbag. Like, just once. I'd like to see a Superman character who's not a giant asshole. Just once. He did. It was... It was... Christopher Reeve in 1978. <laughs> he's not a cockbag in the DCEU. Henry Cavill's a good guy. A good Superman. I don't know. Like he, 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 kind of, he comes out kind of jerky in, in Batman v Superman, but I mean, if I was in that movie, I'd probably be pissed off too, so there's that. <laughs> Yeah, so now the team the team knows all about all of this, right? At this point, like it, it all gets all comes out in the wash eventually, and we get to find out all these little details about what happened. Kingo and Karen basically fucking bolt because they don't want to fight Icarus. And yeah, which is real weird. That felt yeah, to me like, felt like a weird beat to me. But like, yeah, it, fe- okay. it felt like Kumail Kumail Nanjiani was just like, uh, guys, I'm not available for these shooting dates. Can you just like write me out of these scenes? Like, cause he doesn't even like come back. Like when all the other Eternals come back to like help out and everything, he's just like, no, I'm gone. Like I left guys. Like it, it very much felt like just a, an unavailability thing. I kept waiting for him to show up and I'm like, he never shows back up. I'm like, what the fuck is he, going he on? He shows back in like the, the epilogue kind of thing basically. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. Like How does that suck to have your first fucking Brown superhero or whatever you're doing in this universe. And he fucks off before the last fight. <laughs> Like, come on, guys! He just You're totally misses this. the fucking climax of the movie. He just fucking leaves. He's the best part of the fucking movie. So he's absent through like the entire third act because he leaves now. 
You know what I mean? Like he's not in any of this stuff. So just like the humor's gone because he's gone, basically, right? Because him and Karen or Karun yeah. fuck off, and that's it. At this point, Festus sends Makari out to encircle the globe and find where the emergence is starting, which she finds immediately because she's the Flash. And Icarus, betraying the team, flies there. At this point, there was a scene at some point that I didn't talk about, like while they were on the ship, where Kingo confronts Sprite about her being in love with Icarus this whole time, which feels yeah. real fucking nowhere at this point in the movie, but okay. Like, no, he, they have a conversation earlier where. Kingo basically like calls her out on that. that you might have been peeing for that too, or something. No, I don't know. That was the only. Th- I only went pee once, and it was when some hike died. Okay. That was disappointing. Yeah, I didn't that, get to watch that, that wasn't the first time that they bring up that like Sprite is like clearly in love with King uh, with uh, with. Icarus. I must have missed it because it's like there, there's a scene where they have dialogue about it, like the two of them, like Sprite yeah. and Kingo, yeah. and that's a little bit earlier yeah. in the movie. And then like and then here, Kingo like outs it to everybody yeah. here, yeah. He's like, and then you, you guys are surprised that Sprite, yeah, you guys are surprised that Sprite went with him. Like, yeah. she's obviously in love with him, kind of thing. And everybody else is like, what? <laughs> Even though, like, I'm kind of with them in that, like, there's no real indication of that aside from that conversation in throughout the rest of the movie. Well, yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's not, not really spelled out. I mean, to be fair, there's way too much fucking shit that they tried to cram into this movie. So I'm not surprised that a bunch of it doesn't work. Yeah, this is a weird plot point for me. And I was like, yeah. Wait, what? Because like Kumal knows, because he's like the only human one of the bunch of them. Like he understands, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like nobody else does. And it's like, wait, no. The reason why you understand is because somebody wrote you the line that you understand. Because none yeah. of thing that happened on screen indicated that to me at all up to that point until he started talking about it. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be because like Kingo's lived among the humans for the People. longest or something, so it makes sense, he understands like, them better. Whatever. It's it's not a great beat no. overall in terms of the way it's executed. Either way, so she goes with Icarus when he leaves to go protect the Celestial from Tiamat. Tiamat from birthing. Tiamat, who, let's be honest, something that size emerging from the Earth's core, even partially, I'm pretty sure would still wreck the goddamn planet. Like, he's like a quarter above the fucking, like, Ocean the, the ocean floor at this point. Like, the Earth is still fucked. The displacement alone. Yeah. I had a note about that. I think that's why Atlantis wakes up. <laughs> like, where oh, did yeah, Namor? Maybe. Where that's that's Namor where we times. got Namor from? Is yeah. Namor's like, fuck what? the fuck you didn't. What are you people doing up there? <laughs> Look what this did to my backyard. There's a fucking giant statue in my backyard now. <laughs> I didn't want this here. I didn't commission this. Reed Richards, I command you to clean that up. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're getting to. Bring me Namor. Just angry, dick sock, wing footed Namor. Let's do this. Banana hammock. Golden <laughs> yeah, fucking banana hammock Namor. I wanted to be like just so stunningly hot that even all the men in the room are like, oh shit, I don't know what to do anymore. Those, you know I mean? those Spock eyebrows? Yes. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> I need. Because like, I was waiting for him to pop up in this because it would have fucking saved the end of this movie for me. No, I'm just kidding. The movie's fine. <laughs> You know, takes Fine. a long time to get there. Yeah. So as all this, like, so now we're kind of like in the middle of horseshit. <laughs> like we're in the middle of the big fight at the end of the movie. Everybody's fighting Icarus to stop him from like defending Tiamat. Well, there's a scene where like Angelina Jolie goes and like gives Cersei the big speech about like, she's the leader now and she has to go and like do that. Yeah. And then there's a really awful, awkward 
comedy beat where Festus walks in to give her the exact same speech and Angelina cuts him off and is like, I already gave her this speech. And I was like, ah, you're already, you're jumping all over your own bits already here, boys. Like, <laughs> this is not good. But th- this is where we find out that, he, so she ta- he takes the orb now and builds the Unimind thing. It's yep. so fantastic for like Deus Ex Machina rebuilds a thing right at the end kind of yeah. of the story. It's it's a What's little off putting. Fa- Fastus is basically the fucking like Reed He's Richards of, of yeah. the Eternals. Yeah. A hundred percent. But it's just we're already doing those beats, you know what I mean? In this movie. So anyway. Yeah, I get real hung up on the MCU Earth having a celestial sized marble statue coming out of the ocean now. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, he sets up the the whatever like he forges the unimind controller and druig cersei and makari uh i think go out to start using the unimind on the ground at some point crow shows back up and starts the fight where like icarus is fighting makari and fastus fastus and then crow shows up and he ends up kind of fighting uh angelina like thena yeah, yeah. because and obviously and they have a big old drag down fight because he had already killed Gilgamesh and she's not fucking happy about that situation at all because there's a whole bunch of exposition about her not being able to control her memory fricasseeing and yeah. could kill everybody. That's he's trying on. to like, he's trying to use like Gilgamesh's like memories against her and shit yeah. like that. And, at some yeah. point, he just becomes like an alien that can talk and walk as opposed to being like a creature. You know what I mean? Like not it's so ever. random. Like, yeah. yeah, just out of nowhere, he just becomes like Bill Skarsgård can talk out of this thing's voice. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. When did that happen? Character design's not even very good. But either way, she gets grabbed by him and then basically slices him up into a fucking kebab. And it's pretty yeah, little tiny pieces. Just cuts him up into little tiny pieces. It's a good fight, though. It's actually probably the best fight in the movie. There's a couple, like, this fight's also really good. This these, is a good Superman fights, fight. Yeah, these fights in the end here are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. This, that's super, the Superman fight they're having right now, where it's basically Iron Man and the Flash, or Batman and the Flash taking on Superman. With yeah. like gadgets and like the flash taking the on flash. Superman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just fucking like the best goddamn Justice League fight we never got. You know what I mean? Like it's so well done. <laughs> I don't know. We got that really good one after uh Superman resurrects and I mean yeah, there's that, but like the, the best beat in that is like that two seconds where the flash realizes Superman can yeah. see him. That's the only really good beat. This has a bunch of good like action beats, like they're having a real fight, yeah. not just doing yeah. comedy bits. And then Lois <laughs> is gonna show up and stop it. Like they actually are fighting, so yeah, the the hand of the fucking celestials coming up out of the ground were and Cersei and Druig and somebody else are going to go stop it, and the Unimind is starting. And at this point, Icarus gets loose from Festus and Makari and drills Druig into the ground because the plan is still oh, Druig's plan, right? Druig, yeah, just like just beats him into the fucking crust of the planet and stuff like that with the heat vision and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, he pops back up in three seconds. It's fine. It's fine. So at this point, it's like Cersei. It's Cersei's plan. She has to go and like use her power and convert him into another form of matter, right? Like with the enhanced yeah. powers, she has to like totally Adam Eve this giant planet-sized fucker uh, into a different substance and kill it, basically, like, make it inert. So she starts doing that, and then and then Icarus tries to stop her. Icarus tries well, to stop he goes her. up and like pretends he's going to stop her, but he can't. He can't. He can't kill her because in the end. In the end, Icarus cannot bring himself to deprive this world of that bomb ass pussy. Is basically what has happened here. Is like, damn, that pussy's so fine. I can't kill you. Well, you broke me. Because <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and then he totally pulls an Omni Man. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. He doesn't pull an Omni Man because he does not go off into space and fuck insects. 
<laughs> flies into the sun to he fuck the, the sun, sun, I guess. I guess he's going to fuck the sun. <laughs> the celestials fuck planets and Icarus fucks the sun. What happens? I mean, it's his do? name. It's in his name, right? That's yeah. what's what he's always been trying to do is trying to fucking fly into the sun. Fly into the sun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but he flies into space crying just like Omni-Man did. Except Omni-Man goes and fucks insects. And why the fuck do none of the Avengers or Doctor Strange or Wong or literally anyone else show up now? Show and be up like, to help up? them stop this fucking world-ending cataclysm. They're all busy. I figure at this point, the only person who would actually be on Earth and would be able to respond fast enough to this happening is Doctor Strange, because everybody on. else who, yeah, yeah, like like the but the yeah. magicians basically, right? Yeah, like yeah. are the only ones who are going to be able to respond there. fast enough, and like Thor, Thor could if he, he was could, there. He could get over there pretty quick. But he's at, he's with the guardians. That's true. He's out in space. That's yeah. True. Although he does technically have, I mean, he would have to know about it for for this to work. But like his new hammer does power the Bifrost. Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So like he could get there, but it's still like he'd have to know about it. Yeah. And like let's face facts, Thor's drinking. You know what I mean? He's out in mm-hmm. space. He's getting laid. He's drinking. Drinking space beer. Yeah, he's drinking space beer and getting space laid because that's what <laughs> Thor does. He's not hooked up to anybody right now. Jane he's, broke up with him. He's he can banging, do what he wants. He's banging Star Lord because fuck Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, he's totally the bottom in that relationship. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Endgame totally told us that. So there's that. <laughs> anyway, either way, let's get this movie over with because like, yikes. Eventually, like the Unimind thing works, and even uh, Icarus gets kind of tied into it, and she powers through and actually turns it. I read Ice, but it looked like marble to me, so I don't know what to believe anymore. It was stone of some sort, I think, yeah, in the end, yeah. Ice would work better, because at least that's like, would melt eventually, as opposed to just like a giant marble statue now living as part of our planet. Yeah. It's Might. definitely going to throw the fucking planet off its rotational axis. Well, I mean, I figure at this point, Reed Richards is going to show up and fix that shit. That's kind of basically <laughs> we just need Reed Richards to show up and like do cleanup on everything after the fact. You know what I mean? Like we need somebody like that to just be like, oh, wow, the planet's off balance because there's a half a celestial hanging out of it. <sighs> Fuck it. I got something to do this afternoon, I guess. Like <laughs> the longest fucking synopsis we've ever done because this movie is all over the goddamn place. It's, and it's eternal too. Like you want to talk about eternals. Like this movie lasts for goddamn ever. <laughs> either way. So either way, yeah. He, they've turned the celestial into a into rock or ice or whatever. Icarus looks really sad because he just can't kill Gemma Chan because like she's really hot. I agree. Like yeah. she's good looking lady you know what i mean so he flies into the sun and i assume kills himself but like he's superman and superman is powered by the sun oh, so like back. he'll be back eventually maybe they'll do sentry at some point too and they can fight watch sentry and icarus fight good times on t- on a movie screen somewhere <laughs> when i'm 70 and nobody cares about these movies except for me anymore <laughs> It costs like ten dollars to make those movies at this yeah, at that point because just CGI is right into AI does it you know it's an mean? algorithm yeah. that fucking makes just them AI. algorithmically generated MCU movies like the hundred the hundred through hundred and fiftieth MCU movies yeah. Spider Man sixty two it's been an all CGI Spider Man for like four movie, <laughs> movies now. They've had a real in the, world. It's, the Spider-Man is just like <laughs> the Spider-Man is just like an image averaged like version somewhere in between Tom Holland to fucking Tobey Maguire and Andrew it's the Ultimate Garfield. Committee version of Spider-Man where they just take all the favorite aspects of all the other cinematic Spider-Man and make like the perfect CGI one. 
And then they just kill it and get rid of it and replace it with Miles because Miles is a better Spider-Man anyway than Peter ever was or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. We gotta get this movie over with. Anyway, so all this shit's done. Cersei has just enough cosmic power to not fix Angelina Jolie's problem, but to instead turn Sprite into a real girl. Yeah, she de-Pinocchio's Sprite. Sprite fucking stabbed her in the kidneys earlier. I didn't bring this up, because while she was kind of struggling to get to the Celestial, out of nowhere, Selma Hayek's back in her outfit, telling her that she's not going to be able to accomplish this, and then suddenly Sprite is stabbing her in the fucking kidneys. Yeah, because she's doing her Loki shit. And then she stabs her in the back, which is a very Loki move also. I just want to point out. It's true. She has a lot of Loki-esque qualities. She is trained with Loki, I think. It must be, because she totally like does the illusion thing, does the invisibility thing, and then stabs her in the back. Yeah. Just just an Avengers movie. Just bring Thor. Like, <laughs> she just had Thor in this. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so they make her a real girl, which I guess is punishment enough, because now she's got to go to school. And like, could you imagine, after 5,000 years, being stuck with a bunch of 17-year-olds? Oof. Like fuck no. that, <laughs> fuck that. No. I don't want that forty. Fuck that. <laughs> At five thousand, no. Anyway, <sighs> Fantastic Four should be up by twenty thirty. So there's your name more setup, guys. <laughs> it's basically what this movie was. Actually, no, we're not even done yet. We're not even done yet. We, we got more stuff to do. We are into the epilogue now. So the team part ways. Parts ways. Sprite goes back to school. I think she's living with Kingo, but we don't really know anymore. She's going back to school. She kind of, yeah. She, I think she goes off with Kingo, so he's yeah. like her new guardian, it yeah. seems. Because like Cersei's like, yeah, you're not fucking living with me anymore. Remember where you stabbed me in the goddamn space robot kidneys? We never talked about that. We never talked about the fact that these Eternals are it. space I mean, robots. I said space robots. We didn't actually. Like, we didn't really emphasize. That they are completely fucking artificial, synthetic yeah. beings. Yeah, that that have had their minds wiped over and over again. That would be a Cylon joke. They're technically yes. Cylons. They're they're cyborgs or whatever. Like they're Datas technically, yeah. right? Well, they, or, they, yeah, they're like the the human models of Cylons. They're like biological. They're Trisha Helfer is what. Tr- yeah, would she not have helped this movie just by being <laughs> in? No, no, she would. She would have pulled some uh, pulled some focus from Angelina. Uh, you know what to be honest with you no she's not like angelina i'm not sure she'll help her but like she's not pulling a fucking any focus away from angelina jolie <laughs> not happening anyway oh, yeah, right. so kingo goes back to bollywood i guess and he takes right with him cersei goes back to kit dane I, dane sorry whatever black knight we'll get there Jon snow Jon, that's what i'll call them in all my notes it's just Jon snow <laughs> you know nothing Jon snow and it's true right now he does know nothing but he'll get there so Druig, Makari, and Fina take the ship, which I guess Festus fixes after, because at some point during the fight, uh, Icarus fucks. Icarus, yeah, Icarus, Icarus, Icarus uh, yeah, I for, for a second there. His yeah. laser eyes. Icarus takes the ship down at one point, so Festus fixes it, so they can take it out into space and find the other Eternals like them and free them from what's going on with the Celestials. Yeah, I think tell, is the plan. tell them what's going on and and yeah, try and recruit more Celestials to. Or uh, more Eternals to like rebel against the Celestials. So that's that's a thing that's going to possibly happen. Either way, not likely. As Dane and Cersei are having their last scene together, Arishim reappears in the sky. Now, just imagine being a regular human on this Earth now. Like fuck yeah. this already. You know what I mean? Now there's giant demon we things. We just got this over guy. this fucking Thanos like snap and de snap shit, and now like, there's this dude ten times the size of our planet in the sky, yeah. like destabilizing our orbit and shit. 
like and there like there's weird satellite reports coming out of the Indian Ocean that one of them lives inside of our planet also <laughs> it's one of the Avengers guys I can't believe nobody said that at this point like somebody call Captain fucking America <laughs> what the fuck either way black one the new black one <laughs> he's awesome I can't wait for that fucking movie so Arishim pulls I, it's Kingo fastest he doesn't pull Sprite because she's human so it's Kingo yeah. fastest and Cersei up into like to him basically in orbit and says like i uh, you're very very bad for you killing that time i'm gonna we're gonna judge humanity based on your memories and then he takes them and they warp away and kit harrington's standing in a park in england looking up at the sky where his just absolutely beautiful girlfriend who he just found out is a fucking avenger is like he's a demigod is gone now and he 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 looks at the camera no he doesn't look at the camera but we get a shot of him looking a gym from the office <laughs> moment <laughs> totally fucking ooh, ooh, <laughs> it's like i don't know let's go be played guys <laughs> anyway it's the end of the movie Except for the mid-credits and post-credits so scene. Mid-credits scene, we're out on the ship, and suddenly Patton Oswald, who I thought was going to show up and be fucking Modoc again, because I was like, <laughs> oh, no. are we doing Modoc? I thought we were <laughs> in this mid-credits no, scene. Please, no. please don't do that. It turns out he's also going to be voicing Pip, who is a his third character. Well, Marvel. more than that, if you can, yeah. like all of the brothers that he did in, uh, yeah. in yeah. Agents of Shield, but like yeah. third role overall let's say in the mcu is he he might he might have even been in one of like the x-men movies at some point you know what i mean before all this shit started i gotta i'd have to look it up he might have been in one of those older ones too like was he not he's in blade three he's in blade trinity is he yes he is fact check i'm pretty sure he's their like wheel man like guy behind the keyboard you know spinny chair guy like what ned would say in (laughs) spider-man yeah the guy in the chair is he not guy in the chair in Blade Three? I'm sure he is. Oh yeah, he is. Hedges. Yeah. So this is he his is. fourth Marvel movie or fourth Marvel role. Patton Oswalt's one of us. He's fucking living the dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way. But I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure he's like sucking off Kevin Feige to get all these roles. I mean, would you not? That man must have a fucking like mouth of gold. <laughs> I mean, if I fucking could give blowjobs that good, I would give blowjobs that good to Kevin Feige to get a fucking move job on the Marvel stuff. Sure. Either way, Patton Oswald is voicing Pip, and this is some bad CGI. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is yeah. They clearly blown the budget by this point. Let's be <laughs> so yeah, he's got this little weird like superimposed face on this creepy little satyr like character yeah. kind of thing. And Pip's a, like he's been around for a long time. But either way, and then the only thing that made the teenagers in my fucking theater react through this entire movie, Harry it's fucking stuff shows up as Star Fox, which is like <laughs> wait. Star Fox slash Eros. Eros. Well I mean it depends. Technically Thanos is half brother or brother. I'm not sure if they're full brother or half brother in 616 but they're I'm brothers sure they'll explain at some point why he's not purple uh or a titan or looks doesn't look like a titan anyway yeah, yeah. agreed so that's harry, harry styles is in the mcu and i don't know who harry styles is so i don't give a shit at all was it fifth fifth dimension first dimension something like that one direction remember. One direction. One? That's it. Fifth that dimension. One? <laughs> one direction. That's it. Is that the one direction is the one. Yeah, you got is it. it. Okay. Holy shit, I got it. I'm good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I'd be proud of that fact, but yes, you got it. 
that information is in your head. Oh, fuck my life. The post credits. <laughs> so like that was the mid credit scene. Ah, fuck, fuck that shit. I don't care about that shit. Harry Styles can eat a bag of dicks because <laughs> Dane Whitman, desperate to find Cersei, is in a in a room where he opens a box which contains the goddamn Ebony Blade, which is a Marvel fan, like of the horror side of Marvel. This this some good shit. We're getting to some weird Dracula Blade shit here. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, he's like, like the, the Black Knight Marvel shit. Yeah, the- yeah. Uh, I love this. This is this is the fantasy side of Marvel I, I enjoy, like the the vampire stuff, right? Like Blade and stuff. The, the horror characters this is more my speed um but he's the black knight and a voice actually there's a, a little thing inside him that says like death is my gift or some shit which is i think from buffy also <laughs> that the sword says death is my gift and he if he picks up the sword he becomes the black knight and like in marvel lore or like in the in the comics if he picks up the sword he's given a bunch of enhanced abilities and like the sword can cut through basically anything it's magically enhanced but it also drives him completely insane the longer he uses the sword and becomes more and more like unhinged and unable to control his rage and stuff like that. I'm kind of excited for Kit Harrington to play that character, but it doesn't matter because uh, off camera, a voice sounds off asking him if he thinks it's a good idea that he picks up that sword. And that voice is fucking Marishala Ali, who is blade and blades in the MCU. Now we already knew his blade, but we didn't know that he was going to be showing up here as blade. Voicing here anyway, but like, yeah, his voice, anyways. Yeah, I'm excited for fucking new Blade. Blade's one of my favorite Marvel characters ever. So like, which isn't like let's do this. isn't set like stated in the scene whatsoever. But Chloe Zhao, like uh, after the fact, confirmed that it is. Theater, everybody was like, "Was that Jeffrey Wright? That was the Watcher from What If, right?" And I'm like, "No, it was Marshall Ali." I was on Twitter at fucking nine o'clock this morning and got spoiled for oh, me yeah. already. Thanks. I was I was thinking Nick Fury, but. I heard Jeff, like uh, Jeffrey Wright was the one that made sense to me when I heard it at first, but then I was yeah. like, no, it's it's clearly as soon as the line is done, I'm like, oh yeah, it's clearly Marshall Ali's voice. But mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of his acting because like I watched all of True Detective season three, also. Like right. I watched a lot of his work. He's very good. I like his stuff. Either way, so so that it's over finally. <laughs> Two minutes, thirty six minutes later, <laughs> plus some trailers. I saw yeah. the Spider Man trailer for the seven hundredth time. Yeah, I need a new one still, already. Still doesn't make any sense. Nope. So, what were your sort of uh, top level thoughts about Eternals, Mark? Too long, like <laughs> yeah. just too long. overstuffed, too long. I was squirming an hour in, which yeah, is like the worst too. possible thing for one of these movies. Is when I'm like I'm shifting and like I kind of want to pee about an hour in, and I peed right before I went to the fucking theater, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta pee already. It means I'm bored. Not good, you know. Yeah. And so top level, like. It's just glacially paced when you, when your bladder's drawing focus. Yeah, like just it's just glacially paced. The pacing is a fucking horrible quagmire. Yeah, it's too long. It's too long. It's too long. It's too long. Like I don't know. It's very uneven. Yeah. So for me, where I'm at. yeah, I same. I came out saying like, yeah, that was really uneven. It is. It's. It, I found it okay. Like, it's definitely my least favorite MCU movie in a while. Like, maybe since, like, Thor The Dark World. So, like, in, like, seven or eight years kind of thing. It made me remember sitting through, like, Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel. When I was, like, I had these moments in those movies where, like, I was getting pulled out of it. For me, and it was, I'm, like, Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp was another one where I was, like, is yeah. yeah. this is good kind of thing. Because, like, I really, like paul rudd like those movies get carried by like the acting that's yeah. like the actors who are in it whereas like throw the dark worlds one where like 
I don't hate it as much as everybody else does, but I can definitely see the flaws in it. But I just feel like the second round of introductory movies, so like Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and to a certain extent, Black Panther is kind of alleviated of it, but it's still in there too, where they just feel like by the numbers, kind of boring. Like I could tell you exactly what's going to happen at every point yeah. in the movie before I even sat down and watched it. This one wasn't yeah, it's... that bad before I sat down to watch it. But both, no, I wouldn't say it was predictable. I, but like 15 minutes in, I knew everything that was going to happen in this movie because mm. I'm like, yeah, I know how this is going to turn out. And then we are we, also more familiar with these characters and stuff too. And so you've got that background going but then for they've you. Got 10 fucking characters in here that need to get some that's kind of time it. and they just it's... don't ever get focused, pull properly. And that's not even all the Eternals. Like, there's still like a half dozen they could have pulled. So, like, Jeez. this is like the cut down team imagine what x-men's gonna be like you know what i mean there's 400 x-men characters they got us like deal with so i don't know yeah so for me it's just it's a very ambitious movie that does Mm -hmm. never really fully gels it only achieves some of what it is very clearly attempting to do Mm -hmm. and the stuff that it does achieve is fine but there's other things they're trying to achieve that they just fall fall real flat on so and it yeah like you said it's just too many fucking new characters introduced all at once. And like, I think it would be okay if we were introducing a bunch of new characters, but like guys, we don't, it's not the Avengers aren't poochy. Like we don't need to be endlessly talking about the Avengers, like bring them up once in the movie. Sure. Like acknowledge that we're in the same universe. That's how the Marvel universe works, right? Like you acknowledge that they're there, but like every third conversation does not have to be about who's going to be running the fucking Avengers. Now that Steve Rogers is dead. Like that's unnecessary at this point. So yeah, I don't know. So, all right, we we've obviously got issues with this movie. Let's talk first about what we what we enjoyed, what we liked. Kumal Nanjiani. Kumal Nanjiani, absolutely. His Kingo was was a saving grace. His whole like Bollywood persona was fucking fantastic. And honestly, his bond like with with his valet manager kind of guy, Karun was that was one of my favorite relationships in the movie. Karun was great. Like there, he had a couple of like really nice like sort of poignant moments kind of thing where he, I mean, he is like the, he's your vehicle, you know, the, the avatar. Yeah. He's your vehicle, yeah. vehicle avatar character when you're like surrounded by demigods kind of thing. He's the yeah. one guy in the room. That's like, I'm just the human dude kind of thing, but also like just their fucking comedy was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that fantastic. just felt like Kumal riffing too. Like, yeah. like they had a good rapport for him riffing and they just kind of let him do his thing. Like they let him play his lines the way he wanted to play them. Yeah. All of them, like all, all the shit with them, like trying to get footage for the documentary <laughs> and then like the fucking He's... running gag where uh, Karun's fucking cameras kept getting wrecked and he kept having smaller ones and backup. Isn't that like the bit where like they're in, when they're in the village uh, picking up Druig and he slides under it and blows the thing's head mm-hmm. off. It's like, did you get it? Like he, he waits. To, yeah, and then he turns and it's like, did you get it? Because like, Karun's, yep, yep, yep. And you hear it all. The, I'm like, oh, see, this shit's good. This yeah, stuff's excellent good. Moment. Yeah. It's the same as like Angelina and Don Lee, like their relationship, like yeah. that worked, right? Like it, the chemistry felt real. And like, I really, I really appreciated that. Like I, I'm thirsty for more of those sorts of relationships yeah, in movies. Comics. Like, like in these movies specifically like in the comic, because like these relationships are very like important to the, like the structure of the comic book characters, like on both sides mm-hmm. of the street. Right. Like that's why I'm always going on about like the daredevil Spider-Man thing. Like I want those characters to interact because the yeah. interaction of those characters is important. Right. So seeing them have these kinds of relationships helps you humanize these fucking godlike characters. Right. When you're seeing them have relationships that you would recognize with like maybe a parent or something like that. Right. So. Yeah, well, in this case, like with between the two of them, like I looked at that as a very like 
deep platonic love that they have for each other. Yep. You know, they, they very easily could have said these two are lovers or whatever, but yep. they didn't. It was just that it wasn't a romantic relationship or anything. It was like the, the love and the respect that Gilgamesh and Thena have for each other is just built on like a mutual respect and appreciation for each other as fellow warriors kind of thing. Yep. And I loved like that was fantastic. And, and I think Thena's arc in general was very well done. It was a, a powerful, like poignant representation of PTSD. Yep. I agree. I thought they were probably the strongest, like they were the strongest part of the movie for me in a lot of spots. Like Kumal is yeah. the, the comedy, but that they were the kind of the heart and soul of the movie for me, like their relationship and like her going after crow or whatever, like for revenge and stuff. Like I was like, I was on board with that part of the story more yeah. so than a lot of the other stuff that was going on. In terms of other performances that I like, I didn't find Gemma Chan as like boring as you seem to have. Like, I thought she was pretty good overall. Uh, I mean, she's, she's one of the two like leads. I wrote in my notes that it was like, is I think I said it when we were talking about it. It's more that like as soon as she's got a superhero costume on or is expected to do superhero shit, yeah. she looks like she does not want to be there whatsoever. Any other time, mm-hmm. she's fine. But like though in those scenes, she just looks. And maybe it's partially like what was written for her too, right? Because she's supposed to be kind of unsure of herself. Yeah. But it just it comes across more as like Gemma Chan is unsure of herself standing there in this ridiculous outfit being in a superhero movie like she's not ready for this being in a superhero movie thing yet. And it kind of feels like that as opposed to like this character is not ready for leadership or whatever it's supposed to be like it just never reads mm-hmm. the way they want it to. So like, yeah, and then she's yeah, so she's pretty wooden. And then she's across from like that guy's a fucking dial tone. Uh, yeah. What's his yeah, name? Ri- yeah. Richard Madden. Is Richard just, Madden. He's super he's, fucking just like stone faced. Like. But like, yeah. holy shit, is he dull as fucking dishwater, eh? Like, yeah. yikes. Yeah. So. And the other one, I thought that Barry Keoghan did a pretty solid job as Druig, like as kind of the like more rebellious uh, Eternals. I, I, I thought he had some like really, he wasn't, he was inconsistent, but he had some really good moments in there. I think him and Makari were owed a little bit of screen time to make them a little bit more Makari fleshed especially. out. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't like him because his power makes him like immediately untrustworthy to me, and he doesn't yeah. do anything to kind of indicate that he's not going to be untrustworthy throughout the course of the movie. So I was always suspicious of him, basically. Also, I think he's yeah. kind of a bag in the comics too. So I think my brain was telling me like that guy becomes a villain at some point immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you've got that that pre that bias coming in and i and i appreciate that they didn't make a big fuss of uh either a fastos being gay or b makari like being deaf, being deaf like yeah. they didn't that wasn't like a big fucking well, deal yeah. they made of it and so yeah i want to call out i think that chloe Zhao did a respectable job with the story that she was given to tell but i don't think there's any director out there that would have been able to pull off everything that they wanted to pull off or like the, the producers and the writers wanted to pull off in this movie. No, this is like, it's funny because like, I, I bet you nobody else will make this comparison. This, this very much feels like Marvel kind of tried to do Dune, like something that big and grandiose. And it yeah. doesn't, which maybe it's just because we just watched the new Dune and neither of them really landed for me. So I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe nobody needs to be doing these right now. Like maybe Denis Villeneuve got lucky with Blade Runner and we can't do these movies yet or whatever. Because Everybody else thinks Denis Villeneuve did just fine with, with Dune. Everybody else loves Dune except for me and Paul. So like there's that. I've seen a couple uh, yes. of people like whatever hit or miss on it. But yeah, by and large, I feel like I'm the only person who didn't overly care for it. But like this in, I think you're in the minority. 
I yes, I'm not going <laughs> to argue with that. I'm just going to say that you, the rest of you are wrong. <laughs> but yes, I I appreciate them taking some significant risks in terms mm-hmm. of scene representation and, like, yeah. and sexuality, even like depictions of intimacy. And I thought that all of that was handled pretty well overall. Like I, I think we did get a solid gay character in Fastos. Like his queerness was handled well. It wasn't like played up for effect or anything like that. It was just there and it had consequence. And I think as evidenced by the fact that there are still countries that have banned this movie and like asked for edits and shit to be made. I think it is going to be difficult for them to edit this, edit that content out for foreign markets. So I'm hopeful that uh, Disney and Marvel will stick to their guns and just say, yeah, if you don't want this movie like this, it's not going to play in your country. Yeah. I, I don't know how much, faith i have that they will do that but we'll see disney at this point i have zero faith in when it comes to that kind of stuff so i mean yeah. we'll see what happens but yeah um, yeah makari too i thought that the deaf representation from makari and and i uh, lauren ridolph played or ridloff plays a deaf character on walking dead as well and that yeah. is has also been really solid and and like sort of understand that she's had a really good uh, whole episode that was very much focused on her character within the last like the the first half of the last season uh, that just air, finished airing, and uh, it was really good. Like a lot of it was told sort of from her POV, where she is just not able to hear, and you know, so you're getting that in your ears where there's shit going on that like she should be able to, you know, anybody yeah. else would be able to hear kind of thing, but she can't, and so she's at a massive disadvantage because of that. And so I I I, I like that actress and i like what they did with her here i do think that they could have done a little more with her but it's just too it's too many goddamn fucking characters that they're trying to introduce in this movie yeah it's way too much there's like yeah there's just too much going on and it's like there's no b characters whatsoever either as a result of that you know what i mean like there's no, yeah. like like it's, even, it's like, like dane dane and karoon and that's it pretty much yeah basically that's the only two like outside characters that are not like eternals so like it yeah. it I don't want to say the uh, unrelatable line, but like it is a little like it's it, it's it's almost like it feels antiseptic. Like it's like on display. It's an art piece mm-hmm. versus like an actual like the rest of this. The it's mo- hard, Marvel it's movies, to, yeah, it's hard to sympathize with. Yeah, whereas like the rest of the Marvel movies, like I kind of empathy, like you like the characters, so like you're in the middle of it. They're very human characters because they're always chip chatting. Like that's part of the appeal of the Marvel universe. These are very human guy people that you're interacting with and are dealing with these extreme situations and have these extreme powers and all that kind of stuff. But there's still like, it's still Peter Parker. They're chirping because he's nervous in the middle of all this nonsense. Right. Like all that, yeah. none of that's here, right? Like this doesn't feel like a, th- that's the biggest problem is, is this feels more like a DC movie to me because it feels more like DC characters and that they're like the big regal God, like grandiose. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to like what I'm used to where like the Avengers are always fucking talking to each other. You know what I mean? They're always bickering and bitching at each other. Steve's pissed at Tony, you know, like Steve swore. So Tony's making fun of him, all that shit that they do and interact that way, like wasn't happening here. And that's Marvel to me. Whereas like on the DC side, at best you get Batman kind of like telling the team to do their fucking job properly or whatever. (laughs) You know, I don't know. It's not, there's not as much of that, like Wolverine and Spider-Man fucking giving each other shit while they're fighting off a scroll invasion on the streets you know what i mean like you don't get that in the justice league as much where it's like that's what i want from marvel and this movie really lacks that and i guess a lot of people were very happy with the fact that it kind of subdues the marvel humor but like that's part of the appeal of the marvel universe to me i mean i was fine with the level of humor in it overall it was just more that it just it was just trying yeah it was just too long 
sorry, it feels like a lot less humor than they've been using on average lately, or at least since Endgame. They've been relying on jokes a lot yeah. more since Endgame. Because like Spider Man's funny, Black Widow was almost too jokey too funny yeah exactly sports, which i think we complained about shang chi was the perfect example of like like it's a very light adventure movie lots yeah. of jokes even if like tim hated aquafina but like you know the rest of us <laughs> nobody cared i didn't care it didn't matter <laughs> jokes jokes were happening whereas like there's no humor in this and it kind of takes away from like my i can't relate to it because i don't care about any of these robots because eventually you find out they're all they robots yeah, and they're exactly. humorless robots so it's basically like an army of datas that you don't give a shit about and then one of them flies into the sun and kills himself. <laughs> the last thing I want to sort of go over in terms of things that, that I thought they did well is I thought it was generally produced well. Mm-hmm. It met like the sort of visual and production expectations that we've come to expect from an MCU movie. The The costumes for the Eternals were all pretty cool. I liked the way that they did the... That was actually the one point where I like the cosmic powers worked for me. Some of the costumes yeah. looked a little CWE in spots like that head uh-huh. thing they had on Selma Hayek. I was like, that looks terrible. Yeah, her cost her costume was, I think, my least favorite out of all of the Eternals. Like, costumes. I thought um, I th- like Tina's costume looked really good. Like it looked like a alternate Wonder Woman costume. Yeah, I exactly. Icarus's, like I would have expected. Icarus was pretty was, good. Fastos was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the rest of them like were OK, but like, I think they're like, solid. Like, yeah. Selma Hayek's was the one that like, stuck out to great. me. Where I was like, ugh, yeah. that looks bad, but I don't know. I agree. I, I really like the effects for the powers and stuff, mm-hmm. the the way that they depicted that. I thought it was nice. It was kind of, you know, it did feel like very sort of celestially, like, you know, sort of spacey energy kind of thing that, yep. that, that worked pretty well. And I thought in general, the fight sequences were all done pretty well, especially the fights between Eternals and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that third act stuff was was all really good. I, I definitely like those more than the Eternals fighting the deviants and I'm going to start getting into gripes here. Cause like the deviants kind of just felt like another, like one, another like nondescript lackluster set of MCU baddies kind of thing. Like I, I feel like at this point we've seen a half dozen different versions of these like mindless beast entity kind of enemies already in the MCU. Oh yeah. So this kind of fodder, like especially when you start doing big cosmic war stories, like this is the shit. I mean, we saw it in justice league too. Like they're parademons or, they're yeah. the, the elves from Thor the Dark World or the Venom looking things from Endgame and Infinity War or, you know what I mean? Just like an army of weird looking gross creatures. Yay! Generic kind of looking like, gross creatures. Yeah, they don't have any, they don't like really have their own motivation or anything besides just to destroy and kill and rend and tear and whatever. They're like placed in this movie as like kind of the inciting thing, but are quickly like not like they're Subverted. like they don't really yeah. matter up to the plot but they're still omnipresent and a threat you know what i mean like they're still there and a pre- threat and doing shit all the way yeah, they don't yeah. do anything really you know what i mean like they show up and fight all the time but like i don't know what the motivation no is like what's the motivation like they never really say why they're fighting in the end it's like that they because biblical, like they wanted to do the biblical thing where like oh he the god god chose humans and I'm pissed about it. like the Lucifer kind of like falling. Yeah, exactly. Angel kind it's, of thing. it's like the Eternals on all these other planets have killed the the deviants because the deviants went rogue or whatever kind of thing. And so like now they want to get revenge on the Eternals yeah, because I guess. after all these generations of you know thousands of years or whatever of fucking yeah, it was all all real weird and yeah. So I have a question, and. <laughs> 
it, it's really, I, I picked the plot apart to the point where it drove me insane. But like, <laughs> Erisham, Erisham sends the deviants to kill off the apex predators on Earth, basically, as an example, right? Yeah. On some planet, yeah. Yeah. Not smart. This doesn't make any sense, though, because if it's going to kill an apex predator and it, it's not supposed to kill the intelligent animals on the planet. The intelligent animals on the planet are the apex predators, too. Apex predators, yeah. right? Like humans, we are humans the smartest. Are apex predators. And we are the apex predators and we're the smartest ones on the planet. So, like, this yeah. plan makes no fucking sense from a logical point of view right from the start. So, at that point, instead of just, like, using its cosmic power to just, like, make the deviants not exist anymore, it creates a separate force of creatures basically of robots to send after these deviants to protect the humans that are or whatever are growing on these planets from the deviants that it sent initially it it starts sounding like a rick and morty episode at some point right it's like oh we got to make another fucking like set of creatures to fight the creatures that we already made exactly (laughs) the problem with it right is that like it starts to become like a recursive like loop that doesn't make any fucking sense because eventually you wouldn't be sending the deviants. You would just be sending the Eternals to watch the planet. So it means they're sending the deviants there. He's sending the deviants to these planets as a cover. Well, the deviants are getting there somehow. Or, well, yeah, yeah. I assume, this is my thought, that he's such a prick, this Erisham guy, that he sends the deviants there so that he can use them as a cover story, as a reason to send the Eternals there to protect the planet, as opposed to just telling the Eternals, mm. I'm going to make you the Justice League of this planet, sit here and wait for this egg to hatch. Yeah, maybe. That's the only thing I can think. Either way, why would you do that? They never explain it. Yeah. Why would you? It makes no sense. And that, like, it started picking at me, like, while I was watching the movie. And then I had my post-movie pee. And guess what happened? I was like, none of that plan makes sense. (laughs) Shit. It happened again. I hate watching movies now. (laughs) It's not fun anymore. (laughs) Because I do this and I ruin it. Anyway. All right. We're into gripes now, then. Yes, this movie is overly ambitious. And the thing is, for me, for a, like... A continuity and a shared universe like the MCU that has done mm-hmm. such a, a great job of incremental world building. This just all feels like way too much, way too fast, just in terms of trying to introduce basically a dozen new characters all at once. Like, why couldn't they have not been putting a couple of these characters in like as cameos over a couple of the last like half dozen movies or something like that? Like, how would someone like let's let's say like the ancient one. How would someone like the Ancient One not be conscious of the existence and presence of the Eternals or something like that and like appeal to them for help when Thanos came or something like that's that's a like five minute or like post credit scene or something like that you could do like that would have would have introduced like two or three of these characters there. S.H.I.E.L.D. had a thing on the moon in one of those movies like in Iron Man 2 they show a thing on the moon to indicate the Inhumans. You think Nick Fury didn't know about these motherfuckers? Come on, come on. And that's just like, that's just, just the core of it overall. Yeah. It's arc. Well, it's like retconning, right? Like it's a comic book problem. We're, we're already retconning the universe because we didn't plan far enough ahead. It's just plot wise. There's so much that doesn't work. Like it's just a weak screenplay overall. The pacing just is, is a mess. The flashbacks weren't really edited in very well. They just really fucking just ground the whole fucking thing to a halt. Like any momentum that the movie had was just ground to a halt. Any time that we flash back for like some of those felt like they were fucking like 20 minutes long. They probably weren't, but they fucking felt like they were. Yep. So yeah, it's just too long overall because of all that, because it it drags on it. And because they have so much that they want to fucking accomplish in this one movie that they were never 
they could have done this over two movies and still wouldn't have hit every beat that they wanted to. My proposition for like re, like my redux of phase four is Captain America or whatever, Falcon and Winter Soldier is a two hour movie and this is a six hour show. Because this needs yeah. way more time to expand the lore True. of what's going on. Like it's way overstuffed. <sighs> I don't know. What they needed to show is these Eternals sort of like struggling with trying not to interfere with some of the major events in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some cases, some of them do kind of dip their hands into it a little bit in like a surreptitious kind of way. Yeah, it would have been like really great to have like a, a, a little bit of a, like even a flashback or flash sideways to like Makari being in the middle of Wakanda during Endgame, but like nobody really noticed her because she's, yeah, because she, yeah, she saves, she saves a couple people or something yeah. like that, like like minor characters, like she she pulls Shuri out of the way of a blast or something like that kind of thing. It's the gauntlet like between T'Challa and Peter, like in that that sequence where they've got yeah, the gauntlet, actually, like yeah, she just tips it into his hands, basically. Like it's not right, going to make, yeah, it, but like she's there. Right. Yeah, exactly yeah. that kind of thing. Like yeah. show them a little bit just here and there, like you know, having these little nudges within the MCU so that we're like, okay, they have been around. They're not supposed to be interfering. They have here and there just because they, you know, have been having these internal moral battles. And then also tell us that like, they're supposed to be interfering and then tell us that one of them was responsible for fucking Hiroshima. Exactly. Yeah. All of that. That's really weird. Also like that all felt super hand wavy for me. Like the whole, Ereshem said we can't interfere with their society and therefore we're not going to except for all the times that we did. Yeah, here's a plow. And giving them technology and then like telling them, literally telling them stories about alien worlds and shit like that. Yeah. Like you guys, yeah, like you said earlier, they're the worst at the Prime Directive ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starfleet would be pulling these motherfuckers off the planet <laughs> real fast if they yeah. could, I guess. I mean, I don't know. They could probably fly through one of our ships. Our ship, yeah. like I'm in there. Jesus, I'm gonna get out <laughs> of the fucking house, man. Time to go touch grass, as the kids say. <laughs> Another thing that really bothered me is sort of Ajak finally realizing that what the you know she's Ajak has known what's going on this whole yeah. time. Has known that every time that a world births a celestial, that the entire population is just dead, like just destroyed. Yep, and. It's you know they're allowing billions of sentient beings to die over and over again, and the only thing that makes her realize that it's wrong is because humans are special and they're so amazing. They made me see that we're being bad, and we made me see the error of our ways. It just it felt like that fucking bullshit American exceptionalism on a cosmic scale. Mm -hmm. Like if the past five years or so of our like real world have taught me anything it's that it is very unlikely that humanity is the best and most inspiring thing that the universe has ever produced. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if I start to feel like a lie kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I still hope, but like it's starting to feel like a lie. Um, yeah, no, I I'm hundred percent on board. I kind of I'm like, just, I'm just really over the whole, like how do I uh, you, it, agree. It, it, Marvel <laughs> and DC both do it where they're like, Earth is the center of the fucking yeah. universe, and it's the world that inspires the rest of the universe to do good things and everything like that. For the love of Jesus, Tim, can you please read Invincible? Because they totally <laughs> downplay that trope like crazy. People start oh, talking I'm about sure, Earth. I'm sure. Like, what? Where? Where are you from? What is that yeah. place? And they show up. And they're like, "This is your home. It's pretty fucking dirty. Like, it's gross." 
Like this planet's fucking disgusting. Dirt ball, yeah. Yeah, this dirt ball. What's all this water shit? Oh, it's gross. There's things floating in it. What the fuck? Like they make fun of Earth constantly. Nobody likes it, and I love it. Like I fucking crave it now. Mm -hmm. Like as part of the comic universe. That's why I kind of like it when like I like the villains in the Marvel universe because they get to Earth and they're like, "Oh, this chip, this chattering fucking ape is talking to me. Fuck this disgusting shithole." I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of on. I'm kind of on Squidward's side, actually. You know, what or I mean? Loki, or Loki's side, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Loki's side, right? Where he's like, "Oh, these chattering apes! This is disgusting." And I'm like, "Yeah, fuck us! Like we suck!" <laughs> wait, wait, Mark's cheering for the Decepticons again. Oh, never, never good. Anyway, my my last gripe is just like I've I've never really been that crazy about Selma Hayek, and she really didn't do much for me in this movie. She I was just Selma Hayek. Kind of She's terrible in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of on board because like I have a big crush on Salma Hayek. Like I don't know if we've talked about like how fucking oh, hot I think Salma. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love Salma Hayek, and I think she's great in comedies. I think she's a fucking amazing comedic actress. I've never seen her in a drama or an action movie where I've been like, oh yeah, she's good. No, yeah. she's not great for this kind of role. That should have been Angelina. I think like she would have fucking nailed mm-hmm. that role. Also, she was great in the role that she was in though too. Because so. Angelina fucking sells it you know what i mean like she goes for yeah. it no matter what the fuck she's doing like i mean she took a lot of shit it might have been hayek was just like here for the fucking paycheck and sleepwalking through this thing kind of it's thing. possible it's not like it wasn't best fucking role either you know what i mean like she didn't have a ton yeah. to do she dies 15 seconds into the fucking movie and just exists as flashbacks for the rest of it like yeah. it's and it's not like the that hitman's wife's bodyguard where she's running around with like a tight top on either so like i didn't even get that <laughs> horseshit and then like i said like don lee who played gilgamesh he wasn't really great for me like i felt like a lot of his line deliveries were like super wooden and it wasn't wasn't crazy about him in some spots where he was he just kind of felt like him and benedict wong need to like have a conversation about like yeah who's playing wong better at that point (laughs) that's true like see like him and angelina really worked for me so like i kind of forgiving a lot of his like maybe lackluster. Yeah, yeah. when they were together it was just some of his like his solo lines and stuff like that where see that I liked him. Like, I would be happy to see more of him in other stuff. If, like, obviously they killed him, so he's not going to be in this. But, like, yeah. if he shows up in another movie, I'll probably watch him in it. So I didn't mind him. Yeah. I think he does. I think he's got some it's other kind of genre stuff Korea. lined up. He's a massive uh, in Korea. He's one of those Korean, like, cinema guys. So he goes and does, like, that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, he's apparently, this is his, his American debut, like, his Hollywood debut. So good for him, yeah. I guess. What else? I don't really have anything like I could sit here and gripe about this movie all the time because I'm just disappointed in it. Like I wanted it to be cooler than this, and I wanted it to be like 15 minutes shorter. Yeah. Basically, I just you want to you want to just go ahead and rate it then and yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I can like I can really easily just say it's a seven out of ten. Like it's not terrible, but it's not great. It's it's definitely one of the weakest Marvel cinematic universe movies so mm-hmm. far. It falls into that weird nebulous region where I'm like. Do I like this less than I like some of the old Marvel movies, like the X-Men or Spider-Man movies that I fucking hate now? It's going to be interesting to see how much they integrate this into the other, like, you know, if this, if this were required or like become like required rewatch kind of thing, if you're trying to do like a, Hey, I want to, you know, watch all the continuity stuff kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this. This is a weird, it's a weird one, man. And like, Again, it feels like in humans. Like it it yeah. and like I, I know I've made jokes about like there are ties to the inhumans because you can go look it up yourselves. It's <laughs> convoluted. Like 
as convoluted as this plot is that arc welding the inhumans to the celestials <laughs> and the everything. eternals is also fucking massively convoluted it's just marvel arc welding shit into itself that's not spider-man always goes weird eventually right so and this is like only the first of four different justice league versions that are going to pop up in the marvel universe eventually because we still have squadron supreme to do too and that's another like set of just like the straight up knockoff. What? Uh, that's the hard, hard yeah. hardcore. Like, and it's also the like they're also enormous dicks. Like they're all yeah. fucking asshole versions <laughs> of the Justice League. So it's a very Marvel way of doing it. And Marvel's done their version of the Avengers, which is a bunch of assholes too. So yep. what are you gonna do? Yeah. So seven out of ten. Like I was hoping for more. It's not terrible, but like it's definitely one of the weakest of these MCU movies so far. Agreed. So, yeah, for me, I'm close. I would say like six and a half out of ten. Yeah, uh, it, it was cool getting to see like there was some cool stuff. Like it was cool getting to see like some of the visions of the history of the MCU. Like some of the flashback shit was cool. It just went on way too long. But like, yeah, I want to be very clear. None of what I didn't like about this movie had anything to do with the diversity of the cast or the representations of those different diverse groups and stuff like that or anything along those lines the failures of this movie come from other places mostly the fucking script it's frustrating to me that this movie which is by far the most diverse mcu movie yet I suppose the most diverse superhero movie we've had so far yeah, yeah. like basically i mean maybe the suicide squad beats it at this point, I don't even know. You know what yeah, I mean? Maybe. But like, because there's a lot of different like people in there. But like, there's, by and large, walking shark in there. It's pretty there diverse. Is. There's, but I don't think there's any gay people in that movie. Nobody. Deaf, I mean, also, Har- Harley's sure. pretty fucking queer. Let's be honest. I mean, I yeah, she's definitely bi. Yeah. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> Either way. So my frustration is that I know, and it's already started happening, <laughs> is that the get woke go broke crowd are gonna really latch on to this and say. See, look what happens when you try to like force diversity into a movie. But it's not that. It's it's gonna be hard because it's already tracking for like ninety million, isn't it? This weekend, it's, like, it's still, doing, it's still well. doing pretty well. I just don't. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna end up having much legs because of no. the way that the reviews are looking and stuff like that. But it's it's not that at all. It's not that the diversity feels forced. The diversity is great. It's one of the best parts of the fucking movie. It's just what it is. Is hey, look what happens when you try and pack way too much story and character development into a single movie and just completely ignore all the fucking like great shit you've done in terms of this like sort of short term, you know, little bit here and there world building that you've done up until this point. Yeah. So all that aside. Yeah. <laughs> so as we just careen into a fucking Spider-Man movie, it looks like it's going to be just as big yeah. as yeah. Right. So, so, all right, so now that, now that we're done with that, let's move on to our final segment, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might like. Mark, what's your Geek Cred for this week? What we do in the motherfucking shadows this year <laughs> was goddamn genius, like oh, it poor, usually is. Poor Colin Robinson. <laughs> Colin Robinson and poor Gizmo stuck in a coffin now at the end. Of, but I will, like, Laszlo finding the greatest collection of pornography in history may be the best character beat of any character that has ever existed in fiction ever. <laughs> I will say it, it. I was, he was killing me this year with his complete lack of interest in anything except for his new porn collection. Porn, yeah. It's all 
all he gave a shit about and i was just living for that energy i don't know there were, there were a couple of like mid-season episodes that were like and eh, for yeah, me yeah. but like it started really strong and it finished really strong yeah so yeah, yeah. I, it, like i just uh, that show i was talking to some people like I, i've been recommending it to people because like nobody fucking watches that show except for us right <laughs> and i'm like you gotta watch this fucking show it's so good and I finally got a bunch of people to agree to watch it. And I'm getting messages now like, we watched three episodes and like, I can't stop. And like, I love Nadia. And I'm like, we all love Nadia. Yeah. Like, we it's all amazing. Love Nadia. And Laszlo. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, Laszlo. They're all, like, they're all the fucking best. Yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't watched what we do in the shadows, go watch this show. It is like hysterically funny. Like, I get a good laugh out loud like two or three times an episode sometimes. Yeah. Which is rare for me. So. I love the meme that's been going around that was like, what we do in the shadows turns the entire vampire genre on the, on its head by asking the simple question, what if vampires were stupid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love every second of it. Yeah. You have no idea how much I love the show. Like, because it's <laughs> vampires and stuff. Oh, I'm so on board with every little, like, every little bit of lore building. I'm like, ooh. Oh, and they, so yeah, cool. they, make, they make great references so and stuff like that to little, like, great. bits of vampire lore and shit like that, too. Oh, and, not even just vampire lore, just, like, horror lore in general. Because they'll make, yeah. like, whenever werewolves show up, they're all just like, oh, fuck, I hate <laughs> these, these fucking, fucking dogs. Douchebags, like, yeah. Fucking chasing cars around like assholes and they stink and shit <laughs> everywhere. Oh, I love it. Actually, the best. I, I rewatched what we do in the shadows, like the movie as part of like my Halloween viewing this year too. Like it's, it's still, still good. Just still fucking fantastic as well. If you haven't watched Wellington paranormal, we all, I can all, also yeah. heartily recommend that. Like they, they're all from the same group of guys. It's all Taika with TT humor. Yeah. It will rock Jermaine your fucking Clement world. And, yeah. yeah. Jermaine Clement and all those guys. It is. Yeah. Oh fuck that show. Laszlo. I'm telling you, Laszlo is like my favorite character on TV right now. <laughs> it's your spirit animal. He's my spirit animal. He is so fucking great. Like the complete lack of fucks that he gives for anything that's going on. And now I'm just like obsessed with screaming bat and running out of the room. Bat! <laughs> so good. Oh, fuck. Uh, all right. My geek for this week is a comic book series. It's Batman Urban Legends. And I've been talking this up a little bit to Mark. Is this the Chip Zdarsky one? Because yeah. goddamn, I want to read that. Chip Zdarsky yeah, so, is the best fucking writer in comics right so, now, kids. So the what best. it is, is a, a Bat Family series of shorts. Mm-hmm. It's like an anthology series of short stories. So every issue is like oversized, like probably, I don't know, 80 pages or something like that. 60 or 80 pages. Who's drawing this shit? There, that's the thing. Is like, it's like it's different cool. creators. Yeah, across anthology. School. Okay. So yeah. The, it, there's four stories in each issue. And some of them are like one-offs, like just like a quick little like one shot, like 20 page kind of story. But then they range so far, they've ranged up to like a six part story. But because so it's like, you know, and because it's all anthology, they have the flexibility to be like, you know, this one is going to be six parts. This one's going to be three parts. So they're not really having to like fit it into a certain number of issues necessarily. Like it's just like the story takes as many issues as it takes kind of thing. And then we'll just start the next one after that kind of thing. So there was a really great story in the first six issues that featured Red Hood that was written by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, it was like the first first uh, story in the in each issue kind of thing. And this is also the book where, I know we talked about this, where they reveal that the Tim Drake Robin is bisexual. So that yeah. storyline is all within the first like six issues as well. It's about eight or nine issues in so far. But yes, in general has been, you know, it's, 
like any anthology book, it's going to be hit or miss, but I think it's been more hits than misses uh, for sure. You probably didn't look at the art credits. Did Marco Cicchetto do any pages in that? Do you know? Ooh, that doesn't ring a bell. Okay. I'm just curious because he's who's who Chip's been working on Daredevil with primarily. And he has done, I've seen him do some like Batman commissions mm-hmm. and like, want to talk about a guy who should also probably be getting pulled over across the street once he's done his daredevil run to work on the bat marco chicano probably deserves a little run on mm. uh on no Bruce's the the chip the chip zadarsky one has been drawn by uh eddie barrows oh okay art on he's the really, art on that has been really good as well though that, really on, good that, too. on that one in particular yeah um, he's really good i like yeah. him too so fair enough cool yeah so like the first issue for instance had eddie barrows Marcus Toe, Ryan Benjamin, and Laura Braga did the art in the first episode. Ooh, Laura Braga is really good too. I like her stuff. I follow her on Twitter. She's excellent. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. In the first first issue, the writers were Chip Zdarsky, Matthew Rosenberg, Stephanie Phillips, who I like, and uh, Brandon Thomas. Oh, Brandon Thomas's name I've heard before so, too. Sorry, there there's sixty sixty four page page issues, so each one is like. 16 ish pages okay. kind of thing. So like, I'm actually very impressed that like they Marvel let him get away in the middle of that daredevil run. He's writing Batman. Like that's just baffling to me, but either way, good, good. I'm glad he's like, the work's good. Like he is the best going that justice league ra- last ride uh, series that he's been writing as well has also been pretty solid too. Yeah. It's like the justice league has like split up and they've come back together five years to like confront some skeletons in the closet kind of thing. Okay. So fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. If somebody seen? at some point tells me that Chip Zdarsky wrote good justice league also, I'll <laughs> go read it. Yeah. I just follow him around. He's fucking, he's the fucking man right now. So I'm all on board with his stuff. Cool. Nice. Uh, all right, then we can finish off this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to talk to us about anything we talked about this episode, about Eternals, about any of the news items we talked about, you can talk to us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can tweet at us at DRD underscore podcast. You can tweet at Mark at M underscore roulette. You can tweet at me at DRD underscore Tim. You can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. And if you are not already subscribed to our podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places that podcasts can be found. So with that, we'll say good night. Say good night, Mark. But Pat. <laughs> so good. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.